Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Counter-Strike fans around the world, welcome back to HLTV Confirmed. This is season five. I'm not quite sure what the seasons mean just yet, but it's episode one, and uh, we're going to kick things off. A lot of people have been sending out messages asking when we'll be bringing the show back, and well, we're finally back, so let's get stuck into it straight away. Today, we're going to be talking about, obviously, recent news that's been happening in the player break. We've got DreamHack Summer coming up. We've got JKS here as the guest. We'll talk to him in a minute. Some other bits and pieces. Make sure you're counting how many times I say that. I'm going to try and say it at least 20 times throughout the show. That's going to be the new uh, the, the new catchphrase. Maybe we'll crack a new one in here. But let's do what we normally do. we got Prof here. Prof, what is the most gluttonous thing you've eaten so far on the player break? Uh, it was like a super, super fat and filled hamburger. Just like okay. nothing special on the surface, but it was like super toasted and like in, I don't know, in butter and shit and like double cheese and like three layers of meat and whatever. It was, it was, it wasn't even that good, honestly. Okay, it wasn't well, really good. You're basically making the point here that when we overeat like that, it's actually fucking it's shit. Not it's, no, not it's, it's not good. No, it's not. Okay. Especially it's... during the summer, you need veggies and, and fruits and, and a few just more water. Salad. That's, that's it. Um, yep. Striker, that's it. you're on holiday. Is that me lagging? It's probably me lagging. I'll just pretend it's me lagging. Striker, your holiday so far. How's it been going, mate? Well, I was in Croatia. I actually traveled unlike most people in the world. So oh, dear. My, my holidays have been fine. I didn't Are... catch anything. I was fine. I'm all good. Okay. It's anything, actually allowed, by the way, for, for American viewers, it's, it's actually allowed to travel in Europe, you know, so don't hate me, please. We're not completely locked over here in Europe just yet. Uh, Lucas, say hello to everybody. You're back. You haven't broken anything yet. Hi, guys. All right, and before we jump into the hot she sheet, hot seat, <laughs> hot seat, Justin, how was the earthquake, mate? Yeah, it was pretty good. Okay. Wake up at 5 a.m. It was a little bit like a roller coaster. Okay. But, well, yeah. you... Okay, I like I mean, your I, hair I, as well, man. You go on full, yeah. like, long-haired surfing. Uh, I've, I've committed to the long look. Yeah. Quarantine, everything's closed, so I didn't really want to go bald, so I just went with the other option of growing it out. All right, why the fuck not? All right, Thanks, we're going to get stuck I in. I appreciate it. I, li I like it. I like the look. All right, let's get into the hot seat, Lucas. Roll the bumper. All right, so we're back. So obviously, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you're joining us, you can see that the guest today is uh, JKS. And uh, it says the better Aussie. Now, I wanted Oof. them to put for your little bit right there, Justin. I wanted them to put better than Davio because uh, I think with with you getting the... Now, they, they, I was talking to Strike and Prof about it. They didn't have any know, fucking clues. Fucking this, is, this is great. We can, we can leave it like that, actually. That's perfect. All right. If you want to leave it like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can do that. Now, yeah. I, I was going to come in here. I was going to do this massive spiel. It's going to be he's the first Australian player to make the top 20, the best Australian Counter-Strike player ever to touch the game. He's up there with the legends. I wanted to ask you, though, before we get stuck in, because Prof's given the first question here of disappointing end to last season. We'll save that. I don't want to start right there. When you were, like, growing up, right, because... I think when we first started playing together, you were only like 18. Who were the players? Because I and and this isn't a loaded question, I swear to God, because it would never have been me in a million years. But who were the players when you were younger that you looked up to? Because for me, it was like all the WA boys. So if, was it like Carandas and Davio and those guys? Yeah, no, I'd say you're probably pretty accurate. Um, okay. I don't want to say it on camera because I've actually been playing Warzone with them lately. So oh shit, it's going to be quite a bit of banner. But yeah, it, it was like for for the most part, at least I was like 10 back then. So well, that's what I mean, right? It's so yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get stuck into the uh, to the to the good stuff, I suppose. Um, so, Prof here has put down it was a disappointing end to last season. So, uh, we're going to frame the season, I guess, Prof, by the first half of the year, right? Yeah, I guess. I like. I think we should use that terminology generally sure. in CS. I think it makes sense, even though it didn't really catch 
catch fire, I guess. But I'm trying to push it now. So that that's the that's the premise. Definitely first half year, half of the year. All right. Well, we can, we can do that. So I think like if we if we catch everybody up with what happened, uh, obviously you guys were at blast. Things were like uh, whatever. Then you guys had Katowice. Things were looking a little bit better. Then obviously the world went to shit. Um, and then you guys have had the the online focus. So with everything tapering off, what was kind of uh, the bigger problems, or what do you see, Justin, as the bigger issues as to why you guys weren't performing to to the top level that you guys can? Um. Well, yeah, like you said at the start of the year, I think we had like a pretty uh, shaky start. Um, I'm not too sure why that is, but um, I just don't think we were really meshing together well after the break. And then, like you said, towards Katowice, we had some pretty good showings, at least towards uh, the later end of the tournament. Not Definitely not the first match, first GG, yeah, yeah. But, but everything else <laughs> was really good. Um, and obviously, we lost close to Fnatic, so it was like 16-19 both games. So, I mean, it could have gone either way. Um, so, could have also placed higher at that tournament. And then obviously everything went to online and it kind of took a little bit to uh, get used to the online play. Um, I think we're a much better LAN team than we are an online team. I think people just get into it more, the attitude's better, and like things seem a little bit more um, kind of serious, even though that, that kind of sounds a little bit stupid, but um, that's just the way it is. And yeah, I think for the most part, uh, the first half of the year, um, we had a lot of close games. like. Um, just thinking about it, most of our games are like anywhere from like 16, 12 up. Um, and obviously there was like a couple of blowouts here and there, but for the most part, I think we had a lot of close games, especially in the last few tournaments. So I think if we managed to close out some of those games, it would have been a little bit better. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, I don't think it was too bad. Obviously, wanted to do better. But if you look at the results like that, it's a little bit of a silver lining, I guess. When you when you look at like how it tapered off, right? And obviously there was just a snowball of events. It was just felt like event after event after event. Um, was it difficult from an individual or a team perspective to really set the goal po- goal posts for the goals, like in in terms of where you wanted to go or what was coming up? Because like I can imagine, you know, it, like when we were in the Renegades days, living in that fucking hotel, it would be like we were just playing an online qualifier for something every week, and we never really knew what was going on. Did it kind of go back to that kind of a vibe? Um, not really. I think we had a pretty good idea of like the schedule and what tournaments we needed to play. Um, so it's not like we had any issues with that. Um, we knew like which tournaments we were coming up and which ones we needed to practice for and stuff. It was mostly just like the fact that uh, we had a bit of a shaky start and then we had to replace the coach and then, you know, getting like the new coach into everything and then we changed the spots and I don't know. It, we just kind of went through like a bit of like a transition phase i guess you could say for the most part um at least when we had the the bad showings well not bad showings but like the kind of shaky showings online um but now that we have chat into the team i think it's i guess it's on its way up but obviously it's like we want to close out a lot more of those games all right well before we before we get into the Kassad chat stuff just quickly striker or prof do you have anything you want to ask about their online run towards the the tail end of the first half of the year well i was just curious about how how you guys were doing how you guys were basically playing during this time right obviously like most most people will be playing from home but you guys have a compound obviously you're in you're in it now so did you play together in an actually like a i guess like virtually LAN environment or did you play from homes everybody separate uh yeah so all the official matches we played from here um we're all like kind of in the same apartment block anyway so for the most part we're quarantining ourselves and if one of us gets sick well most of us are going to get sick anyway <laughs> um so we all just came in anyway and um we kind of like try to replicate it as the closest as possible to get to like a land setting um 
And in terms of practice, we for like the first half, we were practicing from home because we didn't want to come in every single day. But towards the end, we were coming into practice. I'd probably say most of the most of the days, just so we could actually get used to it and make it feel like normal. Because we have like um, obviously different desks at home, and there's different desks here and stuff. So kind of just want to make it as similar as possible. And Chet is still in New York, or did he, did he join you guys? Uh, he was in New York for a little bit, but he joined us towards the end. But obviously okay. now he's back at home. Yep. Okay. Uh, Prof, you got anything on that one? I guess there was a fan viewer question. Uh, I think Luke was the guy. He asked this so similar question about uh, just the schedule being like different than it would be usual with all of the land and, lands and travel and stuff like that. So he was asking, like, were you low-key grateful that was like that because you had more time to like maybe practice and implement new stuff or like just how was how was it from that perspective um in terms of practice not really because the teams that you can practice here are like a lot more limited compared to europe which we much more prefer um so practice is kind of at times tedious just because of the teams that you're getting um and it's like not to say that they're bad or anything like that but you'd much rather play a more bigger variety of teams especially in europe where there's like you know, you can get pretty much anyone at any time. Um, and here we're kind of practicing the same teams basically every single day. So in terms of practice, not really, but in terms of like lifestyle and stuff, I think it's a little bit better because, you know, we can wake up in our rooms and stuff every single day. We're not traveling. Uh, we can make our own food and kind of have like more of a routine, at least for me, at least. It's like, that's the way I see it. How yeah. good does your body feel after not being on an airplane for this long? Like, yeah, it feels pretty good. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> like, I know it's a first world I mean, problem. <laughs> it's kind of just replaced to being on an airplane into the room. So. Sure, sure. Yeah. I guess we're locked inside, aren't we? Well, it's worse for yeah, LA right now. We won't. Yeah, it's get a little better. In. We won't get stuck into the COVID <laughs> shit. We'll keep it. We'll keep it away from that. I think people have probably heard enough of that uh, yep. up to date. But look, obviously the the coaching change. I'm a pet coming in for Kassad. Kassad uh, leaving you guys after after quite a long tenure there. Uh, with the interview that he did with HTV, or was it with you, Prof? Uh, yes, I okay. Did, uh, so I did read it. I, I swear. Now I now every morning when I wake up and I have my coffee, I read all the news. I try and stay off social media, read the news. That's the trade off. But um, there was something in there from Kassad basically saying that for you guys to become a, a championship level team or to get better, that he thought changes had to come in, um, and you guys took it in the regard of uh, of the coaching change. Now. Um, I don't know how much we, we want to dive in here, but I don't even know how much I can I can I can really ask on this one. But the, the change right there was it? What did it was it? Did it come from left field? Were you expecting a change to come? Um, after I think before I honestly I can't really remember too much, but the weeks before that I think it was kind of getting to like a boiling point, um, just with like the atmosphere in the team and everyone's vibe and stuff. So yeah, I mean Alex has his own opinions and stuff, and he's entitled to them, so I'm not gonna you know, bag on his opinions and stuff. He can think what he wants. Um, and I, there probably is some truth to like what he's trying to say. Um, but at least the way that we see it is we're all pretty happy with each other. We know where we can be. We know, you know, what we can do together. And yeah, at the time, it kind of just made sense to make that replacement um, rather than a player. So yeah, that's just why we went with it. And I think everyone was kind of on the same page with that. Everyone, you know, fought the same way. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to really go into no, too no, much that's, detail, that's but, fair enough. but yeah. Yeah, I, I think a thing as well, and I've been talking about this a lot, um, at least with like, but this is why the Nitro thing, and we'll get into that later, blew me away because I was expecting everybody to kind of keep rosters as is, and especially with you guys, right? Like everybody's from overseas living in North America. So right now during this really uncertain time, making big changes 
um, they could they could really backfire, right? Like I assume trying to get somebody a visa to stay and, and all those things at the moment are, are probably a nightmare. But we'll we'll move along. Oh, actually, Prof Strike, you guys have anything about Kassad before we ask about Chet? No, I mean I think it's uh, from or the outside. Chet, go for it. From no, from the outside, it's just like an interesting dynamic that Hundred Thieves or Renegades and Kassad always had, like the players and him as a person, and just that kind of mesh. And even talking to them through interviews, like publicly said things, there's always some some note, something talking about like boiling points or like bad atmosphere, then fi fixing that bad atmosphere, and it's just like some kind of a, like a roller coaster uh, of finding the right balance seems like in the team yeah i so think I, um yeah sorry to cut you off yeah i think um for the for the most part it's kind of just like we we have like a good understanding of like how we work together but um i think like there were some things that he didn't like about us on a professional level and then there's some things that we didn't like about him on a professional level and it's not the first time we've um well he's left and then we've got him back and this is like the second time it's happened now. So it's like we knew what to expect and stuff like that. And we did like a lot of great things with Alex. But um, I think this time it was kind of just, it was just a needed change for everyone involved. So well, maybe six months yeah. down the line, he comes back again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> it's a learning experience for everyone, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Chet coming in, now this is an interesting one. And I, I hate this because I, Obviously, when you stop playing Counter-Strike professionally and if you're not interconnected to the teams on like you're a manager or you're a coach or an analyst or, or somebody to see how the way that the practice and everything kind of runs, uh, what check coming in to me looks and I assume that it was probably a similar a similar situation with when he was with EG that he's more of a uh, he's giving more information on the players, right? He's doing more of like a, a, an analyst role as opposed to like a coaching role in the say, in the way of being like, you know, controlling the full plan of the team. Is, is that the case? Is like Azza now have more uh, control over the, the strats and the direction and, and Chet's feeding in, you know, more just information on counter strating and stuff or is it is it a similar balance as before? Um, I'd say it's a little bit of a similar balance. I think uh, Chet and Aaron get along really well. Like they're able to communicate together and get ideas together and figure out what the game plan needs to be. Um, whereas before, sometimes it might have been like more towards one end of the spectrum um, in terms of like how all that stuff works. So I think it's kind of even now. Um, and yeah, I mean, Chet works really hard and Chet does like a lot of the anti-strating as well um, for the other teams. So then like obviously before the game stuff, you'll go over it and then we'll combine our things that we've seen and all that stuff. But um, for the most part, I'd say it's pretty even between him and Aaron. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you got any questions about uh, Chet Striker? I know you and well, Chet are, are friends. Well, what about that? Well, basically, I interviewed him right when when it was announced that you guys uh, Chet, were... Chet just boosts him on, on League of Legends. That's <laughs> the, <laughs> the other That's way around, by the way, but okay. <laughs> uh, fuck. Now uh, I lost my track of thought. The article that you wrote when it yeah, was yeah, happening. There you, yeah, there you go. The, the one answer that was probably the most interesting from, from that interview was about you guys not really doing VOD reviews together uh, and him bringing, bringing that in. So can you explain why you didn't do that or, or with Kassad or um, um, how did that work? I think uh, it's kind of blown a little bit out of proportion, but yeah, we definitely didn't do it as much as what we probably should have. Um, I think we... We discussed things like in practice, but we never really went over it in the video to get like the full idea. Um, I think like once you play a game, you can kind of get a pretty good understanding of like what went wrong and what we need to fix. But obviously, 
it's nowhere near as good as if you watch a an actual vod of it and see all the like the little things um and we did do that uh i wouldn't say it's obviously not all the time we did do it quite a bit but definitely not all the time um and i think we should be doing it all the time so that's something that's really good that he brought to the team and on a more individual level i think we could probably still do quite a bit more of it um but I don't know, we're doing it like maybe like two or three hours every day that we practice so um yeah it's just something that we're kind of integrating into the team right now and okay. yeah it's, it's helping even though I don't know how you want to judge us based off our results, but it's definitely helping us as a team. What about yeah. from an individual side? Because I remember talking to him, he was saying that you particularly were really happy to kind of come to him and, and like do even like individual VOD reviews together. So how has that helped you? Yeah, um, quite a lot. Uh, at least for me, I do it for myself for the most part, not all the time, but having chat is kind of just like a like a different perspective on everything, like a different set of eyes. So. Um, having someone there who actually wants to do it is obviously really helpful, and I think that's what a coach should be doing. Just a lot of individual work and a lot of teamwork just with the players. Okay, so uh, this kind of transitions us into the, to the next point here about secret of being uh, a good in, in your good. Blah, 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 blah. I haven't spoken on camera uh, in a long time. I don't time, even know guys. what you were trying to say there. Like, oh, I yeah, have no idea. people it's in been, general, I guess. It's been uh, yeah, I've been extremely isolated for almost two and a half months now. So talking is going to take me a while to get back into it. So everyone just bear with me all right um so the, the what's written here is secret of good individual form now what you were saying just there in terms of what chat's bringing in watching back your uh, demos and, and doing all that kind of stuff but before that when you had kasad when the team was the way it was you played exceptional counter-strike and were the first australian i then probably for a very long time will be the only Australian to be in the, the top 20. So what, why were you so good? Why were you able to perform to that level last year? Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, um, it's, I, I got like, um, towards the end of 2018, I was like, kind of, I thought I was playing pretty shitty. And then I had that good run at pro league. Um, but before then I was kind of having like a bit of a mental breakdown. Um, I didn't really know if I wanted to play anymore and we just got like two new players and stuff. And, didn't know if I was going to go backwards or forwards or not. So it was kind of like all up in the air. And then I had that really good performance. And ever since then, I don't know, it's just been weird. Like I just had like a bit of a, like, bit of a attitude change, I guess you could say. And kind of like got a lot of my confidence back to how I think I could be playing. Um, so then after that, I got like a lot more serious. I got like a routine of doing stuff at tournaments and um, like my practice routine and shit like that. It's like, oh, it's all pretty much the same, like overall for every tournament. Um, I think that's what I struggled in a lot back in the day where like you'd go to a different tournament there'd be like different setups different environments and stuff like that and it's really hard to kind of have like a consistent um routine that you go through before every game and if you have something like that it's a lot easier to go into the game and not worry about everything on the outside you can just focus on everything on the in inside of the game so i'd say for the most part just having like a a good routine and then having that confidence from previous tournaments and just knowing that you can play really well and of course um Getting Jay and Sean in the team helps a lot as well. Um, in terms of my position, I kind of just, for the most part, I kind of just trade frag most people. So I should be getting those. <laughs> I, I should be getting those kills. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, at least on uh, T side, at least. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of just a, a bunch of things, but mostly like the individual routine, and then also getting Jay and Sean in the team, which kind of just made everyone overall just a lot better. 
So is I have a question, but I don't know if we're, if we're gonna derail it. So maybe you do it first. You, I think I feel like yours is more on on topic first. Well, no, so. I, I was gonna ask for like that philosophy change, right? Like I remember you and I had a couple of conversations, uh, probably back around that time when things were looking pretty shitty. But in in terms of you having the philosophy change, right? To where did that come from? Was that something that you just decided individually that you were going to do, or was this through all the support network that the the team had? Because you guys still have the same mental coach with you, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're talking about pro league, is that, is that, is that what you mean? Like well, I remember, I, I like if you say now you have like a more solid routine and stuff in the way that you oh, go yeah, in and okay. practice for all those kind of events. Like, was that something that someone imparted that wisdom on you, or you just woke up one day and you were like, "This is what I'm fucking doing." Yeah, for sure. I think um, our performance coach, uh, Edward, he's helped me a lot individually over the last like two or three years. Um, he's like obviously always spoken about having like a routine and eating properly and being active and stuff like that. And I think all that like really helps me, at least for myself. So having him push that on me has been really helpful. Um, and I know he's helped a bunch of the other people on the team as well. So I can't really say what he's helped them with, but because I've just been focusing on myself. But for overall, I think the attitude definitely, I think he's helped everyone on the team um and without him i don't think we'd probably be anywhere near what we are right now so having him on the team has been really big help and for myself uh i kind of like in terms of like waking up one day and like just playing really good um i used to kind of play like a pretty scared in game i guess you could say like i was worried about what would happen i'd worry about like the next play and shit and kind of like overthink things whereas uh, one tournament i kind of just said fuck it and just started not really caring and that was Pro League actually in 2018, so then after that I kind of just kept the same mentality and same attitude. And I think I go for a lot more plays nowadays and I kind of just have more confidence in general. Okay. So, so that actually sounded like a classic NAF quote, and I actually <laughs> wanted to ask you about NAF because a lot of people forget that you... Like, we don't want to go too far back, but now that you kind of opened this like individual, uh, individual skill and role on the team and stuff like that, in 2017 you were playing with him and he was it felt like like the best player on the team but also the player that took probably the, the most space so what was it like playing with him back then because that was probably kind of your individually worst part of your career in in the na na scene yeah um it was a bit weird because for the most part i feel like i was kind of like the i guess you could say like the fragger on the team um I don't like to think like that, but I mean, that's just how it was. Um, and it's kind of hard to not read about what everyone's saying and shit like that. So you kind of have that mentality of like, you know, you should be doing the best on the team. Like you should be doing the most things. Whereas when NAF came in, I kind of took a step back and um, obviously he was really good. And I mean, it shows, so I'm not going <laughs> to complain or anything like that. Um, and I think it was a really good learning experience for me when he joined the team because he did have that same attitude, like, um, kind of just like doesn't really give a fuck and just goes for the things he wants to do and as long as it like fits within the team and it helps the team then it's obviously fine and within the boundaries so um yeah i did learn a few things from him and i'd say just during that period like having like that bad kind of performance i guess you could say over a few events even though we had a lot of good placings well not a lot but we had a few good placings um kind of just like opened my eyes to like the bigger picture i guess you could say in terms of like team and stuff okay striker you got anything here all good. 
All right, so we got the preparation expectation for the second half of 2020, right? So obviously, uh, you guys are playing in the DreamHack Summer event. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, now it's been divided into regions, obviously, because of the whole global situation, everybody. We're not going to dwell on that one right there. But in that North American side of things, that's stacked with teams. And uh, from what you were saying just before, it sounds like practice is kicking off very, very soon. Does this kind of feel like a, a fresh start now that you've had a break? And it, I think Jacob went home, right? Yeah, uh, Jacob went home to Norway. Um, Aaron went to Denmark with his girlfriend and everyone else pretty much stayed here except for Chet. He went home okay. to New York. Okay, so the, yeah. the, the, the Aussies stayed, well, the New Zealander as well. We, 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 we couldn't really get back because once you go back... Um, you can't leave. Yeah, you need like a special exemption or something like that to leave. So it didn't really make sense for us to leave and then possibly get trapped there. Plus, we have to quarantine for two weeks and... By that time, it's only two weeks left, and is it really worth it? So. And now they're making us pay for our own quarantine if we go back to Australia because they yeah, keep us exactly. in hotels. We can't even go home. It's it's <laughs> fucked. But back to um, the hotel. so so looking looking at that because of the break and because of uh, the ch coaching change, looking at the the rest of twenty twenty, is the is the goal to come out now and just keep your head above water until we get back to land, or is it to come out and just be the best within the region? Like what what's I guess you guys maybe haven't even discussed that yet. Um, I think everyone. Obviously, has the same goal of being the best in the region. I think even with the liquid changes now, I think it's kind of like more open in terms of like uh, who's the best team in the region. Um, but we haven't really spoken about it yet because we've just been kind of like taking time off and seeing each other and talking to each other because obviously we see each other for like the last, I don't know, every day for the six months. So um, we haven't really spoken about much. But um, yeah, I think it's really good to have like at least that little bit of a break just so everyone can kind of have like a breath of fresh air and just go see family and or if you're not going to see family at least spend time on your own stuff like that and yeah it, it's it's much needed once you're spending like all that time around other people sure and what do you think is going to how much this is this is probably an expectation for the region as opposed to just you and the team but how much do you think that north america is going to drop off not getting an opportunity to play against the european teams for probably the rest of the year um for skill wise i don't think too much obviously because you could just go deathmatch and everyone i mean na does have a, like a lot of skilled players so i don't think it's really going to affect them aim wise and individual wise but in terms of team play i think it'd be quite a bit because once you play the, like the same teams over and over and obviously we don't have that many teams here in na at least that we can practice that are you know really good um you kind of like fall into bad habits and you only really see that when you play european teams at least in terms of that's the way i see it our team um so it's going to be like i guess when you go back to the international level and you have like your first tournament it might be like a little bit shaky and might be pretty revealing in terms of like all the mistakes that you're going to make but for the most part i think it, i don't think it'll take too long um okay just need like a couple more tournaments back how did you just... see how did you see how an acs evolved during that time because like as the months progressed, it seemed like it kind of deteriorated <laughs> back into like what we used to see from NA maybe like four or five years ago. So this, yeah, how was that? You mean like in the last season? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like towards the end of the season, it just oh, looked yeah. like everybody went kind <laughs> I of think crazy. Everyone's kind of going towards the Fury approach, it's kind of yeah. running around and yeah. just aiming. I think everyone's kind of sick of it. <laughs> Do you think everyone's, would, everyone's over COVID. Everyone just wants to frag. That's about it. Do you think that was because of the length of the season and how many how many tournaments there were? Do you think that was a factor? Um, yeah, to an, to an extent, I guess. Um, I think Fury is just a really hard team to play against, and I think everyone just started copying their stuff because it was working against everyone. Else, okay. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it works. So 
sure it, it's annoying to play against but you can incorporate like some little things into your game as well just to have like that surprise factor so yeah, watching them is actually really good maybe don't watch art because it's fucking it, yeah, he, yeah he, it's goes impossible. Like the, he goes to the extreme but i mean i respect his confidence he's got big balls yeah <laughs> he doesn't really give a fuck it's uh i i think unless we got anything more here on the the rest of 2020 we'll move into the the news topics boys everyone good yeah, yeah, yeah sure. let's go. all right lucas let's hit the recent news i think we have a bumper for this one can we do the top three first oh is that he's put that in five so we're going to we're going to recent news oh we're going to recent news recent news <laughs> All right, so uh, we're back. Things are uh, things are going to take a while to get back to normal, ladies and gentlemen. When the season really gets going, we've got like a new game show idea you guys are going to love. I, I'll uh, just say, like, we had a lot of ideas. No one did shit, and we're just <laughs> launching the season with like nothing new, almost except like I have a better microphone. That's well, that's what we get. But the idea was like new intro, new quiz, new all of this and that. We didn't do anything. And we want to set the bar low. Lucas, of course. Let's set the bar low because then as the season gets better, people will uh, be happier with it. But we'll get stuck into the recent news now. Uh, obviously, throughout this player break, which has felt like it's gone forever, um, there hasn't been a lot of news throughout the main chunk of it. There was some drama, of course. Um, but now, this I assume this next week, is when it's all going to really scale up. We're going to see all the roster changes that people have been sitting on, deals that have fallen through. And the one which kind of caught me um, was Nitro, obviously, uh, apparently. Now, it's not official, but it's as, as official well, as it's ever like, going to get. Yeah, but exactly. he also tweeted about it. that It's, it's very weird how they're dealing it's with like, this. It's they, they pretty much confirmed it, but like not actually announced it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So, so, do you want to catch people up, Striker, on like all the kind of uh, the different events that happened for us to get to this point? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by different events. But well, there I mean, was there was a couple was of different bits of information coming out. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, there, there was, there was, a, there was report. a report from DK, I think, yeah. uh, that that basically showed this that uh, they were considering taking in Grim for for Nitro, who was supposed to step down, and then Liquid, like hours later, they basically confirmed it to another source, um, and. Yeah, but they even, only said the that Grim was going to play in a qualifier, not that he's going to be like a permanent solution or who yeah. he was going to replace. Okay. So, and also Nitro tweeted like farewell or something like that without <laughs> saying anything. See you next anything. time or whatever it was. Yeah. So, so then like with, with that and Adren said something, right? You guys did a little a piece on something about yeah. Adren comments he on something on, He was on stream. He was on stream and said like some comments about how they're going to use Grim, but didn't say who they're going to replace. Okay. And so Well, I think if we look at the team, right? Nitro is is the one on the outer, right? He was being there the longest period of time. He's like the franchise player there along with the Liege. But considering the fact that he was doing the in-game leadership role and doing the primary orping role, even though they didn't really have like an orper, he was just kind of using it as a, the utility for a long time there. Then Stewie's come in. He's taken over some orping duties. Naf's taken over some orping duties when they feel like it. Um, and then Stewie's taken over the in-game leadership role. Uh, look, I understand why they would be thinking, well, we can maybe get a bigger fragger than Nitro. But... Nitro is only 24 years of age, right? Like he's still very young in terms of the realms. Am I, is that right? But he's like, been there. He's been there a, sh a really, really long time. He's been there since 2014, even or like the I first iteration, right? Him, so that's how long he's fucking been there, right? I think. Like, I think Liquid. Whenever like in late 2014, I think Liquid uh, brought on that team, and then Nitro was the only one who stayed from there. 
and he's been there ever since. So, yeah. So that's yeah. a long time for one player to be on one team, right. even if they change the iterations a lot over the over the years. But in the constellation of the team, right? This is why I question this in the sense of okay, so he took the in-game leadership role probably because nobody else would do it, right? Took the orping role because they needed somebody to to have an orping presence somewhere along the lines. His personal performance and roles and positions and everything he's obviously given up for other players in the team for them to get to this point and then now they've made a decision over the course of the player break to replace him with a young up up and coming player right 19 i think is grim's age and he's had some pretty beastly performances now the way that i looked at this was it's on two sides of the coin you look at it and you go well you know fucking covid's happening and and uh wait till we get back to land counter strike we can use all this time to kind of fix our issues and and there's no point really making any big changes um, or the alternative is, well, COVID's happening. We don't know when we're getting back to LAN. Uh, we can make a change within North America. We're not traveling. We can try and integrate him to into the team. He doesn't have to worry about the LAN jitters and we don't have to take him through that bullshit. We can make him super comfortable and maybe the team gets stronger from there as they get attacked by a nuclear mosquito. Um, but those two, those two things, either one makes sense, right? Um, so I, I don't, I'm not mad at the roster change because this is the one that you would have made if you were looking to make one but i'm also thinking maybe is it a little bit short-sighted and they could have given nitro another chance i don't know the the dynamic in the team but justin when you see this roster change was it something that you're expecting to happen or is this just like oh wow okay um i wasn't really expecting it but i was expecting the grim to get picked up by at least one of these teams because i mean in practice as well he's been really good and you can just tell he's a really good aimer so D do you play against him? Do you play much like FPL or ESEA rank S or any of that shit over there against these guys, or do you practice in a different way? No, not so much. But um, we play Triumph in scrims. So okay. We play that quite makes a sense. few scrims with him, and yeah, you can just tell he's really good fundamentally. He's pretty good. Okay, so him getting picked up is, is no surprise for you, right there. Uh, Striker, do you think that do you think that this was like needed roster change or what where do you land on this i honestly i don't mind it just from the point of view that i don't think i don't think there was a way liquid would have changed anything about how they play without a player change i don't think there, okay. there would have been anything different about that team although like i was expecting half expecting them to get an opera right because that's kind of the role that they were always missing like a star in at least they always had nitro kind of having like mostly being the primary opt and lately it's been a lot more of those two guys you mentioned uh, earlier, Stewie and Nav. And so without, I expected them to get an opera and just like have it be a, a, a specific replacement for Nitro and then have Stewie call, you know, not, you know, share the duties so much. But honestly, I don't really mind this either. I think it's a good way to kind of like boost your firepower, which was already really crazy on Liquid. So maybe this is like the next step that they can go to and just like get back that fire and just play, like destroy everybody like they did maybe like uh, uh, last year or a year ago. So I, I don't I don't really mind it from that point of view. Do you think they'll go well, that route, Prof, or do you think they'll go like and try and change their approach to the game? I think I think they'll go that route. I, I don't think they have any other option with mm. the lineup that they have, and especially with Stewie now being like full time in game leader. So you expect them to be like the Stewie style of like explosive CS, and th they have the best lineup for it. Like they literally replace their worst fragger with just a young fragger. So doing anything else then that would kind of be puzzling to me. I think it's a bit dangerous just from the point of view that Stewie is always called around himself, right? At least in Cloud9 when he was uh, he was the team star as well, when he was calling in that not, team. Not that he much played... around himself as a star, more around himself as an entry or someone that makes space, well, yeah, I feel sure. like. And I'm not yeah. sure that the, he's not really in the same place 
Now, I don't just mean performance-wise. I just mean, obviously, he's like he's got so many more, um, like even aggressive people on his team. He has got, he's got a leash who's more in that entry role and stuff like that. So I feel like I'm not entirely sold on on how Stewie can call on this team the same way that he used to. Makes sense, yeah. Like for me, just talking about Nitro, it's one of those situations where he is both obviously a, like a good player and a like an asset to a team, but also has nothing to do in, in Liquid anymore. It really feels like if he's not going to be in-game leading or opping, and his rifling didn't really look that good for the last two months that he wasn't in game leading or a month and a half or something where they played quite a bit of matches it's like there is no he is not bringing any new worth to the team so it's just time to find a, a new place but at the same time like grim as a player obviously a prospect but them not going and signing like a bit good opera which for me would probably probably be the, the best option would be automatic maybe like from Gen G, uh, which is yeah. like a quite a lower team in the rankings, and but would they sell him? How how all of that works? Like in the past, Liquid was the team that probably from the NA teams that spent the most. So they, if anyone would do it, it would be them. So this is kind of a new approach from them going for the guy that's like has a fifty thousand dollar contract or something, which is like nothing. People in chat are saying Cooper, right? And Cooper would have been one that that maybe made sense, but obviously we don't know. Uh, exactly where they were at into well he was stayed with Counter Strike right he didn't go over yeah. to Valorant like everybody else but um, I mean honestly well I, I wasn't I'm not entirely sure about Cooper just because we haven't really seen him outside of NA right it wouldn't matter true. now because we've just literally have well they've only been playing NA lately and they will for a while probably um, so I'm not sure I guess that was a risk as well and he's a little bit quite a bit older actually he's fairly old for how long he's been in the scene he's only been here for like three years at a at a level that that we would notice, so um, yeah, I guess that's that's the perspective that people can see. From from what I remember, so when you when you put in that two together and his performances in NA against the top teams was pretty good. Like that it's actually, make... it's actually Zelsis who's calling in that team right now. He's, uh, I, the Pug I, Gods. Yeah, and before is... it was his, it was, uh, it was freak. Freak, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think he did it for a little while. I think he in-game led for a little while. I don't I don't know how long. That's, though, that's right? what I heard, and I asked him about it when I, I did an interview with Cooper just like a week ago or something like that. And I asked him about it, and he just said his else was calling, and he never really commented on himself uh, okay. having those duties. So it feels like he's just, I guess he's just not comfortable with it. Okay. Well, let's let's go around the room and think where Nitro can go, because like I said, he's only 24, right? So I don't want anyone to say Valorant. Let's keep Valorant out of this <laughs> shit right here. And obviously, an international team right now is off the cards. Um, but I would also say an international team for Nitro is place like he wouldn't want to consider. I'm not. I don't know. But I think if I remember, he's married and has a family and all that. Well, I don't know if he has kids, but you know, he seems like quite a family oriented guy from the from the time that I've spent. Maybe maybe that's what happens. Maybe he's expecting a kid. He just like decided to step down. You know. Maybe. It seems like you need money to pay for the kid. It costs a million dollars to get a kid from like birth to 18, I think. Um, so, what the fuck? Yeah, there's it's no not way cheap. That's, it's there's not no cheap. way the that's schooling true. schooling and fucking, I think. Well, I, maybe, I, in Amer- I, okay, maybe in America, I guess that's possible. Well, healthcare know. in America, you know, that shit's not yeah, free yeah, either. Sure. So it's all, it's all fucked. But um, let's go with, uh, well, I'll go first. I don't, I don't know what you guys think, but I think the most natural choice uh, if he was going to go to another North American team that would bolster the firepower immediately would be Genji 
in uh, place of poor Daps who keeps getting the fucking boot from other teams. That's the one that comes to, to my mind. Do you oh, have anything? God, please give him like three more months. Man. I'm not saying get rid of yeah. Like, I'm not saying let's just lop Daps off again, but I'm saying that if you were to look at all the rosters in there right I mean, now. Why wouldn't you go for, G for EG though? For EG, in place of whom? What, in place of Stan? Yeah. I look. I think because of the success that they had towards the tail end of the season, the the, the fact they were looking a little bit better is probably enough for them not to make changes. And I think the reason that that Stan and the team wasn't performing to the highest level that they could have been was literally a work ethic thing. Like you know that I well, I'm not on as much as usual I used to be, but because I follow all the players on like on on all their social medias, I'm seeing all the ex extracurricular activities that they're doing outside of just playing Counter Strike, Girl, girlfriends and stuff. Now I don't want to get stuck into the girlfriend discussion with players and and that because like that's not my place to tell people what they should be doing with their lives, of course. But it has an impact, right? Like it obviously has an impact. And there's no issues with changing your priorities up to fit these things in. But you're obviously not going to perform in the same way that you would. That's just the way the fucking cookie crumbles. Um, what, Justin, what do you reckon? Where do you reckon he should go, or where do you reckon he could go that would make sense? Nitro. That um, is. I'm not too sure what his goals are, so I don't know. Like. Once you go from Liquid, the team is like been on top, won the Grand Slam, done all that stuff. I don't know how you know how low you would want to look for a team um, yeah. because obviously you have to build that team back up. And once he's played with, you know, once he played with people like Elise and Twist and Sui, it's like I don't know what his perspective is. And yeah, like it's kind of hard to tell exactly. But I'd say if any team, maybe EG, if they go back into like a slump. Yeah. Um, I don't think now, obviously, because like you said, they played really good towards the end of the season. Um, yeah, it kind of just depends on like what his goals are. If he wants to rebuild a team up from the ground, and I mean that's but, what I would see yeah. like from a logical perspective. If none of the top teams want to uh, want to change, obviously he has to go somewhere lower and and like be that Hunden of NA or whatever you want to call it. You know, because that would make, that would make perfect it. sense. I don't think I see him as an in-game leader that much. Like, I mean, I don't well, he's him. still gonna he's still gonna bring a little, like a massive amount of experience. He's played with many players yeah, and, I, and I, has I, done I, well. I see him more. Obviously, he can in-game lead if the team needs it. But I see him more like a rush type of a player, where he can just be like the guy that does whatever is needed for the team and uh, and just like have good comms, call maybe here and there or stuff like that. And then you can put him in a team which has a good in-game leader or maybe if it doesn't have a good in-game leader, then you can replace him with it. But I, I think ideally it would be like in in a team like complex, like literally complexity instead of rush, have a nitro. I think that that looks like completely fine, like something like that. But yeah, I was going to say if he was not going to in-game lead, he could probably join a bunch of teams. But I was just thinking about if he was in game leading. Yeah, I mean, he could he could even he could not in game lead and still be a big asset experience wise, right? Yeah. He could be like a secondary caller, which I think would fit him perfectly, honestly. So yeah, I think he has a lot of options to be honest. If he wants to, obviously, it's probably not going to be at the top, at least not as far as we've heard. Any you know any changes in the in the other big teams could happen, uh, could happen at this point. But at, yeah, I guess not. And plus, because he has been playing for such a long period of time, especially with Liquid, like we're saying, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a couple months off, you know, just to consider yeah. his options. There's no rush with these things right now with the world being completely fucked. Who knows? But let's continue uh, moving this one forward. We're going to talk about uh, the Lecro situation for Mad Lions. So that deal fell through. Strike, you want to tell people about that one right there and what was on the cards? The thing is, I'm not entirely sure what was said on uh, like officially. And say I don't know too, too much from behind the scenes that I don't want to, can't say. And I'm not uh, sure what's actually official and what's not, so <laughs> oh, I don't want to get into it, honestly. Okay. Uh, like, 
from what what is known publicly is just that obviously there is interest from Lecro and the team and NIP to sell them to sell him and it was kind of getting to the advanced stages but then it fell apart and yeah uh, obviously there are other other Danish teams that need players uh, at the moment which are also kind of interested but we don't know what's what's gonna gonna happen there that's more or less what we know we don't know anything and uh, yeah that's that's it I guess the buyout is also not that small well I'd say you know money flying around at these points is uh, probably ridiculous uh, what you can see was when we get into the topics further we'll be talking about an Alex uh, situation but uh, do we even think that Lecro would have made sense going to to that team? Like, what are they? Are they looking for more experience? Do you, Do you think striker? What What do you think is was the the rationale behind wanting um, to get Lecro? I'm honestly not sure. I don't know. I guess they didn't want Kirby because that'll be, I guess that'll be the obvious answer, right? If they wanna wanted a like a more direct replacement for Bobski, Kirby well, I think not? makes a lot of sense. So that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. There has to be some reason that they didn't they can't get Kirby or or don't want to get Kirby. I don't know what it is, honestly, but I feel like that would have been the the most obvious solution, surely. Yeah, th- this one's weird, isn't it? I, I, I can't put my finger on exactly... First of all, I know that Danish and Swedish and all the continent... Oh, I said the big one. <laughs> all the people in the Nordic... In the, yeah, the continents. All the people up, up north in the Nordic region, they all speak a similar form of language and they understand and they can or they can't or whatever. Like, I know there's that situation there's a good that, amount of overlap for them to yeah, make it work and, and i get that right but i also like i look at the team and i think bubsky was one of the main stars of the squad so if you're replacing bubsky with lecro no offense to lecro he's had good moments in the past but i don't see him coming through and replacing that firepower role so then that's going to put more pressure on other members or a core to do even more and Asilian has had some really really quite rough numbers in some of the games that i've been monitoring there right down the bottom doing his best hunden cosplay right now uh, i i think that if that was what they wanted then they probably should have just stuck with with hunden and and bubsky going out the door do we even know what's going on there like do we even know why he bailed we never got an answer on i'm that, pretty sure we? it was just a personality it was kind of like a personality thing i'm so that's, that's, that's what i that's what i understand right like i don't know like north madlands what, what is going on there who is gonna end up where KRB, Boobski, like nothing is happening. I mean, it, it would be nothing, weird if KRB ended up without announced. a team, to be honest. What? It would be weird if KRB ended up without a team and all this. And it that's how like it seems a... to be, unless he's going to go to like a heroic instead of somebody, I don't know. Aside from his like recent health issues that we don't know yeah. what, what is really going on, uh, he's been pretty good over the last year. Like for, for, and he's still pretty young. He's just one of those guys that started winning MVPs at 17. So we think he's kind of old, but he's not. Sponge knows everything about it. Sponge is like, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. I want all those MVPs back, you know. When I, fucking hell. But so, Justin, you got any inside goss, mate? You know, you know what's going on with any of these teams. You hear anything on the grapevine? You keeping your ear to the ground? Normally, I hear it through Jacob, but I haven't heard anything recently. Oh shit! Is he the gossip queen of the team? (laughs) No, he just has a lot of Nordic friends. So okay, it's, it's it's pretty easy to get info out of him. But um. I don't know. Maybe Bubsky might go to North or something like that. This is really the only thing I can think of. I mean, that'd be, that'd be I, the obvious trade, right? It's in just, like one of a sense. yeah, just like remake the lineup or something like that. I'm not actually too sure why he even left Mad Lions because I thought he was doing really good. I think it was pretty consistent. I don't yeah. think it was his choice, man. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> that might work both that. 
it might work both ways there, right? Because if you look at North, you look at a lot of the names, they're all older names, right? Like what well, it's Cajun, MSL and AZ. How long have we been saying th those are the names that like when, when I get to the point and guys, I say, well, when I was playing, I'm not saying that to like be like, yeah, I used to be a player. I'm saying that because I retired in the middle of 2016 and we're in 2020 and those three guys, it's not like there's one veteran on the squad. It's that's still the core of a team, right? So I guess Bubsky coming in, that's a younger name right there. Kirby going into Mad Lions, he brings experience. It, it That would make so much more sense, right? Like I think let's just make the deal happen. This is like matchmaking. It's like a television show and we're making that we'll put the couples together and we'll see if they love each other. And I may just for the Danish region, that's probably the best kind of shuffle. We'll keep fast forwarding through this stuff. Cause just, just a bit of news from the chat, Ryan from Rushby media, obviously, uh, says that peacemaker on his, on his stream was saying that mad lines will probably have to use a stand in for oh. Cologne as the roster lock is three days away, four days away. So it seems Why is like there a fucking roster lock. So they, I, uh, I guess that would probably now this is me speaking out of my ass here uh probably would want to have wherever the teams are locked in their ranking which would be based off of the players on the roster uh actually i don't know i'm not well, gonna the, talk the, about the teams shit. already the teams are already announced so like yeah, I guess but they, that would mean that they're probably going to do the draw or something around that same time if there's a roster lock right but yeah, it's a good point it's not a major um, yeah, it's, I don't know. it's like especially at these times, you know, having roster locks and like in the early when you have CS going on twenty four seven, there's no way you can make a roster change at any any time and, other and than Cologne now. And is twenty days away, so that's like yeah, it's sixteen days before the tournament. For me. It's, it's very weird. Okay, it might for an online be... tournament, especially, it's just awkward. It, it, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a weird one. All right. Well, Let's see. maybe maybe they're lying. Who knows? Who knows? Let's uh, talk about this Alex Phase one. Where did this come from? Uh, did I miss this? That was just a rumor going around it. that there was interest there. It was uh, an article by the French guys, by Nell. Yeah, true, actually. actually yeah. And that was an article, and it was literally said that Phase was interested. And that is a move that makes, put aside all of the Alex's moving away because he doesn't want to travel and all of that stuff mm -hmm. like on just like face value good in-game leader kind of proven face value huh? uh face value ha has good 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 english so the communication could be like much better just because he's he's a british guy maybe sure. they don't understand him i don't know but still <laughs> he doesn't have one of those weird british accents he's fine. yeah he's fine he's fine so that all makes sense but apparently vitality is asking for six hundred thousand dollars Okay. Uh, which is pretty interesting for a player that is literally on your bench. So maybe they kind of still Especially who chose want to, to be use them. Yeah, he chose to go on the like. What what do you want to do with him? Like that that buyout seems kind of obscene to me personally. But I yeah, I mean, t Alex Alex kind of team killed himself with that. To be honest, like because Vitali don't want to let him go for like for what his actual price is, considering he. Uh, he doesn't actually want to play as much as 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 like most what most teams play, and that obviously makes no team want him because like they obviously want to play as much as possible as as they have up till now. To be honest, so it's it just yeah. that doesn't even fit with Phase at all because they're the team that played like every event when yeah. we had lands. They're literally like they said it publicly like we want to play lands instead of practice. Like lands are the best practice. So how the fuck does that mix together for me? It doesn't at all. But maybe he changed his mind. Who knows? Well, this this is the thing, right? Justin, did you see much of phase with uh BMAS playing? Uh yeah, a little bit towards the end. And what did you what did you make of that? Did it, it look like obviously 
with it being his first kind of team and stuff, there's a lot of shaky moments for the kid. But did you think there's like potential for them to make that work? Um, I'm not too sure. I think he's under a lot of pressure because once you join FaZe, you know, it's obviously a really big team with really big names in it. So you're kind of going to struggle at first, I think. And I think if they want to give him like more of a chance, I think he might get better throughout just because he needs time to adjust to it. Um, but I'm not too sure, to be quite honest, because I'm pretty sure he's still a tryout, yeah? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of the that's kind of the gist that we got from oh, from, from the announcement. Yeah, they're kind of like he's either he could stay if he's good enough, I think, and then yeah. if not, they're going to look for for other options. But I think it's just generally pretty obvious that Face doesn't want to spend the amount of money that they had before. Obviously, they they splashed out on Code Zero um, a while back, and since then they only got Brokey and they only got uh, Bima, so two people who are virtually for free. And that kind of tells you. I think Brokey was free as well. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Agent. Yeah, you said virtually, so I thought you implied there he was. Yeah, bought, I don't know. Out. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't entirely sure what Brokey's situation was, so I just don't remember exactly. But yeah, like that could tell you. That can tell you that that's a risk that they didn't necessarily need to take if they wanted to spend any money whatsoever, right? There probably would have been some good player that was already proven that they could have gotten instead of a Brokey or or a Bimas, who's who have only ever played in an FPL, right? Or proven on themselves in FPL at most. So yeah, from FaZe's perspective, I think I would I would definitely um see it as true that they don't want to spend as much money as they used to. Okay. I think it just depends on which way they want to go in terms of the IGL, because you don't know if Nico still wants the IGL or not as well. I think he's like on still still on the fence. Like if somebody can step in step in an IGL, he's gonna leave it to to them. But if they can't find somebody, he's just gonna have to, right? Yeah, and but I think, I think about, he's like, just there. I think he quit before COVID happened, I think. Yeah, yeah. just before. Yeah. So maybe he's fine with playing from home and not traveling too much, and maybe he's realized that it's the way it's going to be and just kind of has to suck it up, I guess, with all the travel, but yeah, I don't know. Well, that's the thing that was like talk about if you went to like a Flashpoint team or whatever, because there would be like they, they obviously don't overlap with the ESL events or whatever. So there was talk about that kind of stuff. But yeah, he even I said that himself, didn't he? I think so. I think that's where I got that from. I, I, uh, I remember hearing something about that. Um, I think one one interesting, just something to say about Bimas because he's actually been getting quite a lot of shit for his performances overall, yeah. which I think is like I agree with uh, with JKS said overall. Like he is, I'm not sold on him, but he still performed overall better than all of did, and like for quite a big margin in terms of just like rating and stats and stuff like that, playing the same roles more or less, and him being a literal kid playing in phase against the best teams in the world, which he never played against. Like, talking shit on that is kind of ridiculous. Just, you can literally compare it to a guy that has a lot of experience that played the same role for, like, a month ago. So just from that from that perspective, I understand it's phase, so people want it, like, ah, oh, this guy needs to be a fucking baller, but considering who he is, I think he did, like, quite okay. I mean, they hit the jackpot with Brokey already. So for them to go yeah. two out of two with that, I think that's yeah, that's pretty far fetched. It's just Faze being like the guy in the in, at the roulette table. It's like all on black. Okay, I have a thousand dollars. All on black. It's red. You lost everything. So, but they didn't lose much. Like honestly, they they with, placed quite well. Uh, this is why. This is where like my whole thought about the online stuff comes into play. It's like, well, if if they're happy to suck it up for the next six months, uh, assumably while there's no lands and integrate him the best way they possibly can, then it's fucking great, right? But if they think that they need another in-game leader or they need someone to be an in-game leader to make them like a, a the best team in the world quicker, then, you know, that decision we don't know. And, and obviously money is going to be more of an issue. Like, I'm going to be honest with everybody right now. Money is going to become really, really tight. Like players, 
talent, fucking tournaments, sponsors, everything going forward. We're going to see the the belts get tightened, ladies and gentlemen. People aren't going to be coming out, being able to ask for more money. There's not going to be shitloads more prize money flying around. There'll probably be less events, right? They're but, saying less Gucci, Gucci flip-flops. Is <laughs> look, that a thing? all those kids out there buying the Gucci shit. Justin, don't tell me you're buying that fucking shit. Oh, man, I'm good. There we go. We're going to have a chat with gratisfaction. But <laughs> that stuff right there, kids, you, you don't need it. And I get it. I get you like your status and you, you all that stuff and you blinged out watches and shit, but you're a kid. Save your money, put it in the bank, buy some stocks, get a fucking property, do that stuff. Let's not be wasting it on a Gucci this or a fucking, I don't know what else they're wearing. All right, we don't need grills and shit like that. Just use your money wisely. Do, do we know any players that like their parents could control their bank accounts? Like that is like a very football thing. Like for some, some players like get literally don't even control their money until like 21 or something they get like five thousand euros a month and they're making like 50 so uh, i don't know maybe they should um but yeah. also i wouldn't be trusting too many people's parents either because most people here's here's another fun fact for all of you i'm now a 31 year old man ladies and gentlemen i still have absolutely no idea what i'm doing so you're never going to have any idea we're just going to die Anyway, moving forward, Renegades confirmed the Mithra edition. Now, we all knew this for a long period of time that this one right here was, was coming. Now, um, I wouldn't mind starting starting with, with you here, Justin. The fact that Renegades have had to go overseas to find a coach, and you guys obviously live overseas, and coaching was quite hard. The idea of a coach was quite hard when, when I was still playing with you guys there. Do you feel that's the only move that a team like Renegades can make, you know, bringing an overseas coach? Yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. If he's played with other teams and... He's had like uh, some experience of like different systems and stuff and some maybe different techniques and stuff that you can bring to the team. I think it'd be really good for them because when you're playing at home, especially in Australia, it's like uh, it's really hard to improve. So just bringing in like people from abroad, just like how we did with Kassad, um, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. What do you think of the team as a whole, though? Like uh, that that roster that Renegades have put together now. Obviously, they brought in Hats as their more recent addition for for Dick Stacy. Do you think like what they've been able to achieve? Like, what what do you make of it all? Yeah, I think if they just get more opportunities overseas, I think they'll do a lot better. Because I think they had a couple of good results towards the end of maybe not the end, maybe like halfway through last year or mm. September. I think they had some good results. Um, and for them, I think it's just all about getting overseas experience. I think that's the only way really to move forward. I mean, you know, you know it best. It's exactly yeah. the same that we went through. So good fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think staying at home in Australia, it's it's definitely really hard to improve on an international scale, and it's even hard for us in NA. Like, we'd prefer to go to Europe practice, for example. What um, do you think? What do you yeah. think about their decision? I, I'm not. I don't know how much it's a decision, how much just they just don't have the resources to move to NA or to Europe, but it, they're kind of making it at sound as if they want to stay in, in Australia because of the lifestyle and people they know and stuff like that. Like, what do you think about that? Obviously, like 2019, they traveled to quite a bit. I think they did 10 events, something like that. And potentially they could maybe qualify for one or two more in this year if things went how how it should have gone with pro league and all of that but but it is is it a kind of uh i don't know it seems like a la laid back approach to something so uh, i don't know it, the way i see it is um it depends on where you live in america like if you get able to live in la because it's really expensive here in la obviously so it kind of depends on the budget um 
if they can live in LA and they can have like a much better lifestyle similar to a home in Australia, I think they probably would have done it. But I think what actually happened was maybe they were offered to live elsewhere, Detroit or something like that. So maybe they didn't really want to go and, you know, spend well, all their time how there. Big of, how so, big of a difference is Detroit to LA? Because Jesus, like we, we kind of... We kind of uh, presume that people understand this, but we have viewers from like all over the place, so they probably can't I mean, really make that. It's definitely not like home. That's what I can say. Like, it's not bad. It's just not like home. And if you go from Australia to there, I think it's a really big lifestyle change. So, um, and I also probably say that if they can live at home and still get the same amount of time going to Europe rather than living in A, I think it's probably more beneficial than actually moving to NA. Um, at least that's the way I see it. I think I I think if they can be efficient in practice in Australia, obviously this whole stint is going to be fucked. But I remember when we were doing it, Justin, we would be like home for like a couple of weeks and then we'd fly and we'd go to the next event, right? Like if they have the backing and support, which are things that we didn't have back then. A lot of people don't realize that when we were um, Vox Eminor, we would pay for things out of a sponsor budget, right? And and even in the early majors, I'm not sure if this is when you were with us or not. It must have been. We were paying for flights and stuff with the sticker money that we were getting as a team. We weren't even taking yep. any of that money. And then when we became Renegades, the support was shit, right? If I'm going to be completely honest, we got fucked around. We were getting paid in like the shittest possible way. We weren't getting paid on time. Me and Gomez are out there fighting all these fights that we should have never been having to fight. We couldn't focus on the counter-strike. Things were pretty shit. Like when I look back and reflect on it, right? I... But then in terms of when you guys made the transition and and, and uh, obviously the new ownership was there and things were looking better, that's when you guys started to get structure behind you. Now, if this Renegades roster has similar structure behind them and they could, like normal, go to an event and say that, let's say that they're home for two weeks and then they fly and they're gone for two weeks, they boot camp for a week before and then they play, they could probably use that, that quite wisely, right? Because I think that practice now, you can shift a little bit away from just playing 10 scrims in a day um obviously you need to do that in the beginning but once you have that all built up things can start to look a little bit better and hopefully mytha can keep them in line with some of the mistakes and stuff that they might be making in local counter strike but even that's that's going to be a, a difficult one right there um let's yeah, that's keep... what it, sorry that's yeah. what i mean in terms of like if they have the budget to actually go overseas to europe quite a bit then i think it'd be really good if they could like i think it's viable that they can stay in australia and do like a lot of the theory work and stuff like that rather than the actual practice and then go to europe and then test it allow the European teams play a tournament for example maybe go to another practice and play another tournament and then go home yeah. for example but it would require like quite a tight schedule and obviously with COVID that's not happening anytime soon so um, I think if you do it well though it's all even going to work out better financially if you do like trips to Europe rather than you know living in LA or, or whatever yeah, you were talking exactly. about you know it's going to be yeah. should be cheaper uh, yeah, especially like in general because like ESL and all the other TOs are paying for the flights, so it doesn't matter if you come like a week early or yeah. whatever. Yeah. If it's you kind for of have an to event pay for the boot camp and the accommodation yeah. for that. And, yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, with people, you know, like Tyler traveling to Ukraine to boot camp and stuff like that, that's obviously like a much cheaper place than than LA. So yeah, that's sure. that's that's just gonna yeah. You can you can do things on a budget in Europe, to be honest. It's actually pretty good if they do it that way because then they get break time at home basically like a little mini play break ish kind of even though you still have to do practice at home but it's you know you get to go home and see your families and stuff like that so it, i think it could work out pretty well but obviously it's not going to be as easy as just living in europe for example and obviously the, the travel from australia to europe is quite big so they have to get used good to that fun. as well yeah i did, did it a few times in economy it's really good fun 
If they um, want to stay at home, then that's what they have to do, I think. Yeah, they have to be ready for that, right? So we uh, we, we got one last one here that says, who else could slash should make changes? Now, Prof, did you have anything in mind with, with this, this topic here, or were you just seeing what came out in the wash? Yeah, I mean, like, considering how long this took, I, I don't think we need to, like, go into, like, just yeah. trying to guess stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think about it. There's, it's so hard to make a judgment off of the Counter-Strike that we saw towards the talent. I mean, I'm, I'm also just going to say one thing. Okay. Bobski. Okay. Best Wait, what? <laughs> Why? Instead Wait, what? of Armanek. I saw, I saw the tweet that I Instead saw. Instead of Armanek. Makes complete sense. 10 out of 10. Do you want to explain that to the viewers? No, it, ju it just would work. Okay. Yeah. Why? And I also, you didn't see Amanek tweeting anything, so maybe it's happening. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave that as mysterious as it can be. Lucas, uh, you're still there, right, mate? Okay. So, are we able to jump to the to the fifth topic? Oh, is that going to work, or am I going to break yeah, everything? Just... All right. So we're going to go to this one here, which is a, a top three list we're about to do right now. We're going to do our absolute best to look on the bright side of the first six-ish months of the year, um, and we're going to do a top three list. Now, I don't know. Are we going to? We're going to. Oh, okay. We're going to build one here. Now, this year has obviously been pretty shitty um, in terms of everything getting uprooted, and and we're not really knowing what the future is going to look like. I saw someone just asking a question about whether or not the major is going to happen. Like that's how that's the level of uncertainty that we're living with right now. But we're going to put our brains together here, and we're going to see if we can come up with at least three positives <laughs> that have happened in the uh, Counter Strike world in the first season. Look, um, I, can, I can already think of two, so I think we're going to get there. Okay. So well, you start then, striker. What are the what are those two? Well, one of them, uh, the more serious one, I'm gonna say, big adding Cersei and Keto. Okay. All right. Okay. That's that's not a bad one. Uh, and that's by the way, like one of the first things that we got this year. By the this was like a really early January. That was uh, the first really of January, actually. To, that it happened. only really came to fruition right within the last month and a half, right of of tournaments. We yeah, weren't uh, really sold on it when it happened. Like we were like, no, it seems true. like an upgrade, but I, none of us thought this was going to be going to be like. To be fair though, I think we team. could have been we could have been a little bit better with that. I'm not saying we should, we could have expected them to like you know suddenly win events. I don't think so, but we definitely should have seen it coming that they were going to be better and like a more of a contender because that's that like looking back at it, obviously the hindsight and stuff like that. That's such a massive upgrade, to be honest. Sure. And just like the tabs and in-game leading that I didn't think was. Yeah, gonna, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's that the great. thing that we were, they were we were not sold on particularly. I remember actually. Yeah. Uh, what was the second one you had, or is that I two? I had no, no. Um, I the the other one was the the opening of of Dust Two Doors. Oh, yeah. Uh, or the, <laughs> the inversion. Justin, you're the B player, right? Are you still playing B? Yeah, I like the rotator. So B. how how is that now? That's great. It's better. It. Yeah, I can help Jacob now. It's pretty good. Okay, all right. But um, <laughs> it, it doesn't like if they get into the bomb site, it's still kind of fucked. It's still hard to read. You, right? you can still throw the smoke from dark. It just takes like maybe one or two more seconds. Yeah. To actually but, pop at the doors, but you can. I mean, like if they're just gonna dry rush, then obviously it's a lot better. But okay. It's also a little bit weird, like when you walk in to be like if you like before the update, like you used to be able to do like lurk smokes and then walk out peek behind it and stuff and then be fine from doors but now it's like kind of you have to look at more angles so it's a little bit harder but it's mostly the same i'd say all right well that's not what i want to hear i want to hear it's amazing you know you're going to do more secondary for an, orpa, for an orpa against ecos it's great 
all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You don't want to be stuck in, inside beer yeah, with it's, it all. It's, actually, it's pretty funny because I don't think other people are really used to it yet because I remember when we were playing Liquid, we walked out dark maybe once or twice and I think we just killed someone looking at mid. Oh, like, dear. Just from, just from the doors. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, it's, it's going to take a while to get used to. All right. Um, do you have anything positive that happened in the first seven months of the year, Justin? Anything, anything that sticks out other than you getting announced as in the top 20? No, nah, I don't know. Where. You, you got nothing, nothing positive. <laughs> it's not really. It's, it's all been pretty crap. It has honest. been pretty grim. Prof, you got yeah. anything for the list? I mean, there's obviously the SG nerf. That's okay. The, that's that's the, not good. Not good? <laughs> bad, dude. It's good for me because I like just to pick one gun now. I don't have to choose between the both, both of them. SG nerf, we'll whack that there. We'll put yeah, that on say the that's list. Probably, I'd say that's probably one, yeah, for sure. Uh, what about complexity winning uh, Blast, right? Yep. That's, that's a good story. Not bad, that's yeah. a good story. That's, it's, it's it, was a good story a, it was a heartwarming sure. story. I loved it. I loved like, having Blame running out of his room and hugging his mum and stuff and like config standing up and yelling like a maniac i think that was like it, it, that that was heartfelt it actually had some some backing to it you can you can tell that they, they've been putting shitloads of yeah. loads of time into into playing so i, I loved uh, i love the fact that like rush and oboe and oboe just being this like this i just picture like oboe is like just this little this little kid like i know he's 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 not but i i picture him just it's like really sitting like on 10 a years board. old or some shit Phone book? phone book yeah there not a phone booth. <laughs> phone booth but but he's I just, not gonna be sitting on a phone booth man I, I look at it right i look at it and i go these two guys are north americans and there's a global pandemic happening and the only thing that they want to do right is play counter-strike so they've put themselves in a position where they're stranded overseas during a shitload of uncertainty going from place to place all they're doing is gaming like i think that story right there was was really cool but i think i have the number one okay i think i have the number one the number one is the fact that regardless of all of this bullshit that happened, we were still able to put on continuous Counter-Strike tournaments and events and still run our game uh, to the highest level possible. We weren't hamstrung like a traditional sports. Obviously, the Katowice thing was super sad and like Carmack on the couch having to tell everybody that there'll be no crowd and like that right there, considering I've been trying to work on compassion and all that shit, that, that stuff got to me, right? Uh, but the fact that we've still been able to run Counter-Strike and entertain, you know, with our beautiful game and, and people are still able to play on a consistent level, I think that right there, still able, we still, we, we didn't stop. The, it didn't beat us, right? We didn't let the fucking pandemic beat Counter-Strike. We still kept it going. And I think that right there. We didn't let Valorant beat Counter-Strike so far. <laughs> well, they ha they're, adding a, they're adding a fucking uh, little robot right. that shoots for you, right? That's perfect. Like let's we don't even that now fun. that people come in and they ask when I do my little danger zone streams they come in and they go what do you think of Valorant I'm like I just have to say oh it's a well made game but it's not for me right like that's the way we should look at the game it's an FPS game that's about it right that's 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 all we need to think of. we don't need to talk about Valorant don't worry about don't worry about Valorant no it's there all, was it's one all there was one more thing that I had actually okay I'm trying to oh yeah there was the um the ranking system for the major obviously didn't happen but it was announced early in this year yes or like really early on this year actually and that was a good thing as well well like the uh, with the replacing the the direct invites with um um with like the, the major ranking the major ranking events as they should have been online you know not as they are now the major invite yeah. changes which should have been if like you, based if you on remember if if you remember like I am Melbourne was supposed to be, or was rumored to potentially be 
a major ranking event, like the first event after Chad the break. Chad doesn't even remember this. Like that the system that we have now actually should have been like basically the same just on LAN for the next but major. Will, but for only the for major. the second major yeah, of, yeah. The, of the year. Fucking hell. You're so basically like they back. Yeah, they they just got that that idea and put it into the, the online perspective now and regionalized it. So um so we've basically got got the Jesus. got it working anyways, just online and and um in across four continents. Well, that's better for the majors, of course, right? Uh, probably not better for the teams, I'd assume, Justin, who are already uh, top eight teams. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> <Bad either. laughs> um, But I think overall to have to have the more relevant teams. At the, now, this is the thing. I, I don't know if that that's a good change for the year so far, but when we get back to majors, depending on what that's going to look like, I don't know if it's still going to be like that. Um, I'm expecting, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, some massive changes next year in the way that everything is approached. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that one's going to be valid because it didn't happen. Like I know it happened. Well, but it we kind never, of happened. Yeah, we never saw it come to fruition. Uh, there's some people. You in think chat you think it wouldn't? They wouldn't just return to that if we if we ever go back to normal? You know, uh, we have to take into account that valve was also like at least putting in money for the prize pool for those events if i remember correctly like 200k or something like that so that would yeah. also like kind of help the team yeah bit. something that's like that true. that's true okay well look as some people in chat have been mentioning the player base hitting the highest peak we've ever had is that a positive true. i guess it's not like esports related yeah. it's more game related still good um, still good news sure we still we're still growing i guess I mean that's right. still still good for esports. Like the more players we have, the more potential sure. there is for more viewers and stuff like that. So that's, I think that's a that's a decent. Well, we got a lot more applicant. positives than I thought. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. How, you're how a pessimist. Normally... You're a pessimist at heart. I, I am, and I, I uh, I'm trying to fix it. It's not going to happen, but we'll see how far we can get. Now, <laughs> looking at all of these, how are we going to rank them? How do we normally rank them? We just uh, we, we just, just agree. <laughs> Okay. Well, what do we think is number one? I think still being able to run events. I think that kind of underlines everything because without it's it, kind it of like be... it wouldn't happen without the sh all the the other all the, all the shit happening. So I'm not like whatever. I, we can put it there. Sure. <laughs> I get what you mean, but I, I, contextually speaking, it uh, striker is trying it's to say important. Like, yeah, yeah, I get like, it. Getting getting healthy and getting out of a hospital only happened because you ended up in the hospital <laughs> exactly. in the first place. Yeah, but I, I think that, that but you still can't say that it's not a good thing that you actually got out. <laughs> True. Like, okay, and you so survived. What's number two, Justin? What would you put in number two out of um, that list? Definitely not the the major one. Um, <laughs> maybe CS:GO player peak. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other stuff doesn't really affect me too much. That's true. So. In terms of like how I see it, I think the, the player base is probably better for us as players. O overall, that that one probably because right, if we're doing the big one and the complexity one, then you're obviously having to talk from a, a position of like maybe you have a have a soft spot um, for either or, and then I don't. I, oh. I'm gonna we have to put in the dust, SG nerf surely. The, the dust too or the SG nerf because I would go I mean, with the SG nerf. I think the dust two door opening is like, like good, but you know, not not as impactful. <laughs> no, not not anywhere near as impactful I as like, the I like the SG, but I was like, it was enough. Yeah, enough was enough. In terms like, of like a was... spectator's point of view, I think the SG nerf is really good. I, I think I, we were I, kind of just sick of look, looking at the scoped in, spraying down and killing like five people. 
it wasn't that, mate. Kind of boring. Watching how scared Orpers and like CT players were, it was like, I was like, what are we doing? Yeah, but once you get the SG though on CT. Yeah, well, that, that's when the game changed. Oh, then you're fucking, I love it. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we built, we built a comprehensive list and we decided on it pretty quickly. So uh, good stuff, everybody. If you disagree in chat, that's right. You can make a list at home with your friends on the internet, do a Zoom call, maybe do it with your dog. Maybe you get your mum involved. I also share it with with us, like on Twitter or whatever. That's, share it on Twitter. Cool... Yeah, tweet it, tweet. tweet Preferably it without too much hate, you know, but... <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. our community is awesome. Only We're trying to th spread this tribe here, only positivity. Oh, Jesus. All right, we'll keep it moving. <laughs> we're going to move into the DreamHack Summer uh, conversation. Now, we started a little bit earlier where we were talking about uh, the teams that were going to be in uh, showing for the North American side. Let me just send Lucas the page. Lucas, bring this bad boy up so everyone can see that. Oh, that's the European one. Uh, we need the North American one. So bring up this one here. And basically, all the big names in North America are involved in this one right here. And then we're going to be kicking off on August the 8th. So we're not far away from that right now, being the 30th of July. Um, so, yeah, we've got, uh, obviously, EG. They're the highest-ranked team as of HLTV.org right now. Liquid, Furia, who have just been on a bit of a mad one lately. Genji, uh, 100 Thieves. Jesus, you guys have dropped to 17th. Justin, what the hey, fuck's going on? We don't on? talk about that. Jeez. <laughs> uh, 20, 23rd in the world is Cloud9. Then we have Triumph, uh, who they're going to lose Grim, right? That's that's what's happening here. So <laughs> Yeah, they already made another change before as well. So Okay. Uh, and then we have the Pug Gods, or the Pug Gods, sorry, uh, who have recently reformed after their quick little stint over in Valorant. So those are the teams uh, that we're looking at for this one right here. They are coming out of this. Coming out of the player break is always shit. I think like those kind of results that you're going to be seeing are not going to be indicative of uh, you know where we'll end up towards the tail end of the, the, the second half of the year. Um, Obviously, the bug gods are going to win it just because they've been playing throughout this all. And yeah, well, I was like, I would have lumped Triumph in there as well, but obviously, with the roster anymore, changes around them, yeah, that kind of drops off for them. But normally, what we see happen with these kind of events is the teams who have been grinding throughout the player break they come through and, and they show the better form, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's so it's like what we have when we go to the major and we have the um, the the minors and we have the the fucking earlier stages and the the weaker teams are doing better, but that's because they've had a shitload of time to practice and everyone else has been taking the time off. So coming into this, um, Striker, do you have any, you, you think it's going to be that case? Do you think Fury is going to continue the form? What are your thoughts just initially looking at it? Man, considering what we've seen like over the past couple of months where like Fury were really good at the start and then like towards the end, EG and Liquid well, kind of went back up. Genji had one win like throughout that uh, that whole run. Um, that's a hundred thieves actually like out of the top four were the, or top five, I guess, were the only ones who didn't. I'm sorry to say. Um, so it's just, it's so up in the air at this point. And as you say, like after the break, it's always even more crazy. And I think that's not going to change here. I think it's just going to be a very, very random. So I could actually see, like, I'm not saying that the pug, dogs, the pug gods are actually going to win it. I'm just saying that they could have easily take some wins off almost any of these teams, considering especially how they've done so far, you know, taking down some, some established teams, like even like chaos and stuff who have been doing pretty well. The format's not announced yet, um, so I won't prod there, Justin, because I'm sure you guys know the format, but you're probably not allowed to talk about it at the moment. I have no idea. Okay, you just play. Yeah, I just play. All right, nothing's changed there. Then that's good. Hopefully I, it's I... best of three and the best of one. <laughs> well, online, you hope it's best of three. Well, Blast was yeah. best of one. Yeah. Was, it, was it round robin, the though? For the group stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 ye
So, Justin, looking at this right here, who do you think is is the hardest team for you guys to deal with? Um, I don't know. To be honest, as, normally it's Liquid, but they got a new player, so not what, entirely. What is it sure. about? I wanted to ask this with you. Like, what is it about Liquid that that it's difficult for you guys to to deal with, or what was it like? What was the annoying trade that they had that you guys couldn't get past? Well, towards the end, we actually did all right. Like the last match we played with them, we took a mm -hmm. map off them, and the other two were really close. So. I think that one could have been either way, and I think if we got over that hump, it might have been a little bit different, but um, I think they're just really confident versus especially Elise. Okay. Seems to have always really good well, games I mean, versus us, and I think we make, like, in at least in the Liquid games, when we do the VOD review, we have, like, a lot of little mistakes that we pick up more so in that game than versus anyone else. So I think they're just really good at exploiting our weaknesses and what's, knowing the holes in our game. I think they're really good at doing that, especially Elise, like I said. Was that... Uh... Was that why you were tryharding so so hard in the show match uh, against Liquid? Tryharding? What do you mean? Love playing Tuscan, bro. Oh, when you guys had strats on Tuscan. <laughs> Look, can I can I strats? We did we did had no strats. We didn't do anything. We went around the map like five minutes before the game, and that's it. But here's the difference, right, Justin? Tell them how much Tuscan in your time that you and Aaron have probably played. Yeah, I've been playing Tuscan since 2006, so or 2007. So but I I am well familiar with the map. This is the Even difference. a completely different game. The map is still the <laughs> but same. The map is that's the thing. Like you don't really have skyboxes open too much on on uh, on Tuscan on the new one on CS:GO as well. So I feel like the playstyle-wise, it probably hasn't changed a a whole lot compared to 1.6. So yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about that, but I mean, it felt good winning them, even if it was a charity match. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. You, you you're playing for charity here, Prof. You know, so you want to make sure you put your best foot forward there. You don't want to you don't want to be messing around. You want to doing it for the kids. We just That's want right. To <laughs> you get to choose where the, the money went. Either way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no you get to pick which charity. I thought. Actually, I don't know. I was working. Yeah, I think that's. The, I think that was the that, that was the deal. Yeah. I should I should have really had a better understanding. What what, what charity did you pick, JKS? I'm not too sure. Chris, yeah. no. Chris, Chris, no. we, we, we spoke about it beforehand. I just can't remember. Oh dear. All we right. had a few. We had like three or four that we're gonna pick. So I was some kids anyway. So, someone made, got some money from a charity. For it's like an animal yeah. charity. <laughs> I mean, we played two maps. Like, come on, we didn't really do much. What? Um, yeah, there was a third that they wanted to play, but I think they said no because the brawl. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I wanted to ask about Genji, Justin, from playing against them and, and practicing against them and stuff. Like, I look at this roster and I think there's a lot of players on this team, like Automatic, obviously, and then Ben Tet, the two that to stick on out. But they've been having having some good results. So when you guys play against them, uh, are, they, are they a difficult team to handle? Or are they one that you feel like you have a good grasp on? Um, I think the last two times... Well, the, the last time we played them, we lost, but, like... I don't really take into account that game too much. I think we just played like shit. Right. So, um, I think they're pretty good. It's from my perspective as a player, um, we're pretty confident against them, and I think we're just confident that we're better than them skill-wise. Um, I think they have good team play, and I think that's probably because of Daps. I think he makes the most of like what he has, and obviously all those guys on that team are really, especially Bentet and Automatic. I think they're really good individually. So if one of those two guys have a good game, then you can see them beating other teams like Fury and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think this is weird. I feel like they're up and down. They're kind of like us in a way. They have like some good showings and they kind of have like some average showings. Okay. Yeah, that's still relatively new coming together, right? It's only been yeah, this year yeah. since since they've come together as a and, roster. And, that, and I don't know how good Eng uh, BNT's English is. So yeah. They could have well, that problem as well. 
yeah, hopefully that that gets dealt with pretty quick. I think Indonesians, uh, well, at least when I go to Bali, they all seem to speak English. So <laughs> maybe it's a maybe it's a different story with him. But very used to it. Yeah, let's let's see if we can do this, uh, Prof. Who do you think is going to win this event? Let's do this. Let's go through. Let's pick who we think is going to win this one, and we'll see who ends up being right. I think Justin's going to say his team. <laughs> I'm expecting that. Yeah. Um, look, e- EG had that like kind of good run at yeah. the end. So I'm not going to pick them just because of that, especially because, ah, we were good. So they're not going to be trying that that hard right away. So I'm just going to go for Furia. Just Furia? Like, why not? Yeah. All right. Just Striker, you got any anyone, any any names leaping? This is like just, just throwing darts right now. Yeah, that's what I was saying at the start. Fuck it. I'm going to come at the bug gods. Well, okay. Jesus. All right. All right, why not? It's not gonna look. It's not no, gonna. I like I'm it. gonna tell you right now, but I'm gonna commit. I like it. I like it. Justin, hundred thieves. Um. Well, I mean, of course, I have to back off. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was um, a lot of with a lot of confidence. Uh, well, uh, no. no, no, no. But, but really, I think um, EG or Fury are probably gonna have a really good showing as well. I okay. think out of like Liquid have a new player, so it's kind of hard to tell. And I think out of the rest, other than us, I think they're um probably most likely to have a good showing. I'm I, think, I think we're going to come back refreshed as well. We're going to be like, you know, head switched on, good attitude, good mood, and we're just going to come out and win. That's All right. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad you did that because then I was going to go, I'll, I'll pick you guys. Then, if you're gonna, <laughs> but let, let's, uh, let's go with Cloud9. I think that everybody's just going to be flashed. Here's what's happened. JT has just spent the player break just learning every single flash he possibly can. And then when they come back, he teaches. Like, they actually have some pretty good flashes. We've stolen they have a lot really good flashes. I think they have like the best out of everybody. By far, in, I think in even. the world, right? Yeah, all teams. Yeah, I think so, that's like by far. I don't think even think it's close from what I saw the the graphic. Well, look, we were gonna maybe if there's time. I don't know how much time we're gonna have left. And and I asked you before, Justin, if you'd been using the refrag stuff yet. And you said no. We we're thinking if there's time left towards the end of the show, we might jump over some tools quickly. But when you guys see this shit on um, refrag, you're gonna on all these maps. You're gonna see how easy and quick it's gonna be to come up with like nades and stuff from now on. I think um, we're gonna try and I use it in the next season, but um, obviously none of us have used it yet, so we're not too sure. What was that, Prof? I just wanted to say that JT had some uh, flashes on Overpass. I don't know where I saw him. Someone made a video or something. Just the classic, like when you're on A site, throwing the flashes to support the B site yes. on Overpass as a CT. I don't know. Maybe it was you on a broadcast I did or something. It on I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was pretty. It was like. Everyone knows you can do it, and people often like throw a random flash there, but probably never does anything. But he actually had like flashes that did something, so that was that was pretty nice. But, and like OC is doing well. Like his yeah. form the last month was like he had like a one twenty rating in the last month of of play. So he really it. really came into his own as as an opera in that team. I think so. It's good stuff over there from Cloud. Now you can tell they're working hard as well. Now we're going to bring up the European side of things now, Lucas, if you can. I've got the other. I sent the other link in the in the chat for you right there. So bring that one up, and we'll quickly go over those teams for the European side of things. This one here is going to be a bit harder to talk about. I think obviously with Justin here can talk about his experience with the North American teams, but right now this is the problem. Um, the teams who have still been playing throughout the player break with this list that we have on the screen here, I would probably say are the Forzes, the Spirits, the Endpoints of the world. Uh, we know that Big worked super hard to get to where they are with that number one ranking, so I hope that they're taking a much-needed break. Complexity, uh, I think Oboe and Rush would have had to have gone back to North America. So They're the team playing would... already, I think. Really? 
I'm pretty sure they're already playing complexity because they they're or at least like close to playing some random event. I forgot what it was. Let me let me check that out actually. So I think uh, they, they were invited into something, but then they pulled out. In the did they pull minute. out? After like all? some of these, like nine to like five, the or, something like or something. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. So, but I, I'm pretty sure they're playing something like next week or something just before this. Okay. Well, I was or they were that, anyway. I was going to say that they might have a bit of an issue because of the whole visa situation, right? Like, I think you can only spend ninety out of one hundred and eighty days or whatever. So, if they go to Serbia, which I think, do they go to Serbia for a little while? Then I think they can avoid the stuff within the Schengen and the EU or whatever. Maybe I'm. Over, there's solutions. There's solutions. I don't remember. They yeah. got they got Dallas Cowboys money. Who gives a fuck? They're going to be fine. Um, OG have taken a break because of Mansu's hand. I saw a picture on his Instagram. He has it like in a in a brace type thing, and he had to have steroid injections. And with him being the the biggest performer in that team, that is a worrying sign. So I think OG going forward um, is going to be really basing to see how he comes out of it. Heroic uh, Hunden's been there for a little while now. I think Tessas was the most recent addition, right? So they're going to be one to see when they are they back at practice yet. Does anyone know if, if Heroic are back practicing? I guess I do not know. Yeah, so this is all where we're in the dark, right? Mad yeah. Lions, we're not sure who they're going to have as a fifth going into that tournament right there. Fours had some woes towards the talent and yeah. Endpoint. That's why I said Spirit, Endpoint, and Fours, because I know Fours have still been playing a little bit, I believe. These are the guys who are going to come out probably in, in the best form. Um, so this event, I guess, for the teams who are in Cologne is just wetting your whistle. Um, and then for the other teams, it's about coming out and trying to take a trophy. So... I don't think we is there too much here we want to sink our teeth into nah, or should we just definitely. make blind predictions I'll just, I'll just say like this is endpoint's chance to kind of break into the top 30 that they've been on the edge of for like five months and complaining about the rankings for like four months so just like do well here and you're in the top 30 for sure so just like no excuses my uk friends okay all right well do you want to pick them then based off that yeah let's let's go for them like getting top two Top two? All right. Yeah, let's be realistic. Justin, who are you picking here? With all the all the caveats, with all the information we have, who do you think is going to take this one? I honestly got no idea, so I'm just going to say big in complexity. That's that's safe. <laughs> that's safe. But I can I can definitely see like a team like fours and stuff coming out. And fours haven't been everyone. doing particularly well lately. They, they had some issues since the they brought in more coaching staff, right? It doesn't feel like things are clicking at the moment for for them. I'm not sure. I I want to be with the with that. Justin, because I think that they're like a really exciting team, especially Xy Power. But um, I don't know, like talking to Jerry, Jerry's always very candid in interviews and it doesn't sound like he's happy. And if Jerry's not happy, then I'm sure there's fucking bigger problems going on there. Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they just need a roster change at this point. Like they've been together for a shit ton of time. So it's just when things don't work for that long, it's just like change, change. A few I mean, normally in performance like this after the playbreak, it's always the team that you're not really expecting to do well it's true actually does yeah. really well so, all right that's fair it. enough yeah uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna make a, a wild pick here i'm gonna pick og i'm not gonna give any reason that's I'm just gonna okay. pick og no because everyone just thinks bad literally started out og <laughs> had, but they're offered their best player that's what i had the cast Spun started the og hate train and literally every time they do like win one round people in chat are like oh sponge where are you did you see this they they won around. That's why I picked them because people seem to think I like actually hate the the like. Why do you hate OG? Well, I don't hate OG, but I just think that if you think that they're going to be a good team, you might be a little bit like misguided. Like when I say good team, I mean like a like a, a, a contender team. 
Like, can they compete within the top 20? Of course. Like, they have good players. But um, that's why I pick them here. And Striker, who you got? Did I ask you already? I don't think I asked you. No, you, you haven't. The uh, guy in chat just wrote sick. overrated no. G. And I found that super funny, as I have it's been finding good. the chat funny the last two hours. So. Jesus. All right. Um, I think I'm going to go with complexity, because I think they're probably going to return earlier than, than other people. Okay. At least based on what we've heard. They were meant to be in the, I was just checking, they were meant to be in the nine to five, like the second stage or something. Now it's the first stage of the Swiss one, which is going to take like the next few days. And then in a few days, they were supposed to join the second stage. I don't know if that fell through. I haven't seen that, but I think they were supposed to come back early. So I'm guessing that they will and they, they will get some more time. While big, I think they, um, they might just be a little bit more rusty. So I'm going to pick complexity. All right. Well, we've summed up that one right there. We're going to look uh, now towards the rest of 2020 here. Uh, we're going to do another show before Cologne, I would hope. Uh, I think definitely. I, I don't know. We haven't planned what we're doing. Maybe we do a show next week. Maybe we do a show the week after. Maybe we do one on both. But um, going ahead, we obviously have Cologne now. Once again, another event. This was rumored, not rumored, but they said, oh, maybe, you know, we do it offline. It's a studio event. Maybe, you know, da 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 da. Obviously, the situation hasn't got any better. Uh, for some reason, apparently, it's encroaching on civil civil liberties for you to not wear a fucking mask, you dumb fucking planks of wood. Look after, take some fucking civil responsibility for yourself and other people and just wear a goddamn fucking mask. It's not a big deal. Anyway, um, got that out of my system. I'm really angry today, guys. I, it, hopefully it subsides. I don't know how that happened. Show. How that happens to be like a big conspiracy theory that, you know, wearing masks Everything is just like a, is a, a made conspiracy up. theory that's, in that's some way or another. How did that, how did that become like a, a, a just, whole continent's like way of thinking almost? Like, how did that happen? I, I, I think, okay, here's the deal. I think that the, the news that we get from the, and also the UK are just as stupid, right? Like, let's not, let's not mince any words here. Like they've done just as dumb shit as America. Like, uh, I don't want actually, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I yeah, getting, we're get, not getting into this? <laughs> I was just I'll, curious. I'll get worked up. I'll get real worked. I, I, okay. Let's talk let's about just say that there are continents and big countries, big CS countries that have too many infected people and people can't travel because of it, more or less. That, that is the biggest issue right now. That's All right, it. Lucas, bring this one up because it's not going to take us a long time to talk about this. Um, once you bring this one up, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go over it quite quickly here uh, for everybody playing at home. Okay, so have a look at this one, ladies and gentlemen. It looks very similar to the last one that you Just saw with one little change. <laughs> Chaos is playing instead of the, the pug gods. So I don't think we need to dive too much into the conversation for this one because it's going to be very similar stuff. Um, obviously, the prize money is more. You can see here the event is running from the 18th to the 29th, so it's a little bit more of an extended uh, event that's going on there. So format-wise, I don't think it's been announced yet, and I don't want to... Oh, no, it has been announced. It doesn't even matter. Like we're not gonna be talking about these teams, really. Like or this tournament in in this fashion about who's gonna win. I don't think that makes sure. a lot of sense. Like the the main issue or talking point here is just like obviously we don't have Cologne as an event as a LAN event. And what does this mean going forward? Like, is there going to be a single LAN in this year? Now, 
Uh, uh, okay, so because I am one of the people who who probably gets a little bit more information than I should from from tos and stuff, this is where I have to be like Striker was before when we were talking about one of those news pieces. Has to be very careful with with what I say. Um, but if I'm going to be honest with everybody right now, if we want to if we want to look at the rest of this year, if I'm a to, I'm already planning. To the end of the year right and i know that things are changing constantly and they they want to make sure that they're keeping as up to date as possible because it benefits um them in terms of the content they can produce and the type of tournament they can have on if they can have the teams in location etc 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 um so they would want to make sure they're playing things by ear but i'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm Next year, from what I can understand, right, from, from my grasp of the way that sponsorship budgets work, that the way that money works, that, that there's a whole thing called like a fucking global recession, things next year are not going to look the way that they probably would have otherwise. And I feel that that as a statement is, is me stating the obvious. We are going to probably see ourselves in a place where companies have to tighten their belts, um, where sponsors won't be able to invest as much money if events can't be held uh, within the same foot traffic with crowds and all that kind of stuff. So this year, I would look at, if I was a TO, I would look at it as a year just to reel shit in, to run the best stuff that you possibly can online. Uh, if the circumstances change and a vaccine comes out tomorrow and we can get things back to normal, then sure, that's great. But that's not the world that we live in, right? So Honestly, I, I'm not like, obviously, I don't have the same kind of background information as you do, but I would not be surprised at all if by the end of the year we had like a European LAN, um, obviously with just like the teams that can travel, you know, not like any teams and stuff like that. But I could easily see Europe being able to, to pick one location where most of the teams are going to be able to travel and them working it out. Because if we can get Formula One and that, that kind of stuff where they take these things much more seriously than we do, then I'm pretty sure we can run something in CS as well in Europe. Sure. Uh, it seems like one F one driver might be yeah, might yeah, have he, Corona. He but I, I actually want to ask Justin what he thinks about this. Like being an NA, is there like the prospect of traveling to Europe for an event? Because we presume it would be in Europe because it's like the hub for most teams. Is that something you would be like ready to do at this moment? What is and in the team? What the vibe? What the vibes like? Um. Well, I mean, I'm pretty overplaying the same teams over and over and over. So, I mean, I'm definitely it's something I definitely want to do, but at the same time, I also don't want to get sick. So, if there's obviously traveling and flying and stuff, there's obviously a massive increase increased chance of actually getting sick. Um, even though California is really, really, really bad right now, um, I could also just I feel get like walking it's out better to the for shops. you to get out, so, to, get out um, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm keen to go just because I want to play other teams. So, so, I mean, that's, it probably would be something that we would consider, I think, but well, it just depends on everyone else in the team because I know some people are more, um, well, I guess, out of it in a way. Like from, more from your team or, or other teams or is uh, that from just our a general vibe? From okay. our team at least, yeah. So there's obviously people who are like potentially in high risk categories or, or they're in categories where, you know, they, they might already have issues like maybe they have asthma or they have breathing issues or whatever. Yeah, right? like, so that, for example, Chris uh, Gomez has asthma. Sure. So, it's, it's a much kinda, riskier thing for yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if let's just say we lived in a, well, no, cause that would, you would already have the answer. So there's, there's the underlying fear of that right there. But if, if, if you were able to make the trip and then it meant that you were stuck in Europe for basically the rest of the year, would that be like the more preferential thing for you to, for you to do? Or if for the, with the, obviously I haven't spoken to the team about it, but for you personally, would that be the, the play? Like for the rest of the year, let's say 
you got on a plane in a week's time and then the rest of the year was just I mean, it's not Europe. obviously not going to be in a week's time it can be like in a month after the, like these first online online sure. stuff is done so like maybe september or something something like that i think out of pretty much all the teams i think we're probably the most used to moving away from home and living in you know uh europe for example for like three months on end um so i don't think we'd have any troubles with that at all um i think it would probably just feel normal to us actually um so i mean that would be fine for us and of course we'd also get to practice better teams and more variety of teams and i think it'd be obviously much better for us in terms of cs but um as long as we can go home after that that would be nice yeah i mean i might be arguing about that route already so could see uh, more teams going MIBR there. are obviously in, maybe they already arrived or they're arriving soon in Serbia. And that is also, I guess, like Serbia is probably, is not probably the best place to go to at the moment. Like it's not like cor the coronavirus is under control super there, mm. but they're not in the EU. So that helps with the, like the EU stay days and stuff like that. So maybe if something like what we talked about happens later, like from September onwards for three months, then people can actually stay there for, for three months. But yeah, I just want also, to say like... Sorry, it also just depends on like where you go as well. Like you don't want to really be stuck in a country that you don't really enjoy, you're not having the best, li uh, best lifestyle because then it can kind of just be counterintuitive. Um, yeah, of course. But for us, at least, we have all of our days in Europe. I think they've reset so we can spend as many, I think it's 90 days. 90 out of 180, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, for us, at least, I think we have like a more broad selection of places to go to i think depending on like if we can get back to america or australia so yeah so, so uh, look i i think just reeling this back into the topic of eso one cologne being held online and and this feels like it's a, a no-brainer of a question here but i figure i may as well ask it from your perspective justin does now that it's just like oh well it's just another online event does that crop on in or is it still like well this is cologne it's not the best circumstances but it's still like in by name a big event does it does it hold more for you guys or does it now just become just oh well we just did the best we can it's just another uh, event there's definitely like the same feeling going into like most events because we're going to the compound every time we're playing the same teams every time you know we see the same people every time like it's it's kind of most tournaments kind of just feel the same but when you play on the actual day or like the few days leading before, you know it's like a much bigger tournament. For example, like if you're comparing DreamHack and Cologne, obviously, sure. um, the effort and the amount of work that we put into, you know, both of them might be a little bit different. Um, okay. So there's definitely like that uh, kind of perspective on it, but you just need like the mentality of like, this is a really important tournament, but it's kind of hard at the same time. Has it been difficult to like keep up the motivation? I know you you guys had had it a little bit different, as you were saying, with uh, the coaching change. So that brings a lot of like, I guess, new blood and you know, willing to to improve again and just like figure out how to how to work together. How how does how is that from your perspective, motivation wise? Um, do you mean like well, playing throughout, online throughout these... or just having multiple changes and stuff? No, throughout throughout the, these last three months, I imagine most teams' motivation dropped off massively just because, like you say, everything's kind of the same, play the same teams, stuff yep. like that, not really too much motivation to improve. So was that different from you guys? I think maybe at the start, it might have been a little bit uh, different because we didn't know how long it was going to go for on for. But now that we know it's probably going to be until the end of the year, I think it's kind of like a lot more serious i guess you could say like people can kind of like know what to expect um whereas like in the first half you'd be like oh we're only gonna be doing this for like two or three tournaments and then we can go back to playing land or something like that but um now that we know pretty much everything's probably going to be online um i think it kind of feels more normal even though it's not land like you're not playing in front of a crowd and stuff it's still mm. super important and 
yeah everyone just needs to kind of have that mentality of like you know every tournament's like super important and obviously the rankings are being affected as well so also that we have to play for as well is there something that could be done for people to actually like get a bigger feeling of importance like for players like can the tos do something that would motivate players additionally does does anything come to mind like from that perspective uh, i don't know about the tos but for us at least as a team it's basically just winning the tournament and also the rankings so i think those two are obviously the biggest two um because if you get the rankings you get more invites and stuff and i don't know how that's going to affect next year if things go back to normal and like say you're like a top five team and you drop down to like top 15 or something um i don't know how that's going to affect other teams but it's definitely everyone still wants to stay in the top 10 just in case i think and that's mostly what we're playing for right now as well as because we had the coaching change um we obviously need to like build all that stuff back up and like in incorporate new things into the team and it's kind of like a building phase for us at least but it's a little bit weird because everything's online and we don't exactly know like the reason for some things happening and it's it's kind of like hard to explain but so just with with what prof was saying right there if the so i know that blast had it set up and i think they tried with some teams for pro league but having cameras set up in boot camp spaces or whatever where the teams were playing from like if you knew that there was a webcam on you the whole time while you were playing or they had like a room shot as well does that do knowing the eyes are physically on you in that sense and your reactions are being picked up or maybe they're using team speak stuff does that um Chain, would that change your approach? Would that make you think any differently? Like, obviously, we want to say no, we play the same regardless, but would do you think that would have any effect? I think so. I think um, people might react differently. Okay. Um, maybe like, I'm not in our team at least, but I'm just using an example. Maybe other teams, they might not get, maybe they get more upset when they're not on camera or something like that. I think that's something to look at as well. Um, for us, we didn't have our cameras on for Blast because of like some sponsor stuff. Um, so we couldn't actually do that. And um yeah i don't i can't really speak to that because we didn't have that kind of experience sure but well, I, th I think i think maybe i think so i mean people were like playing up to the camera and just like doing stupid shit every now and again when they knew there was there were webcams on so i feel like it changes something for sure i don't, I don't yeah i don't really now that i think about it when i'm actually playing a land tournament i don't really think about the camera in front of me like i had like i don't see it so i don't, I, I don't know uh, no, yes. I I get what you're saying there. It's like it's it's just a part of it, right? Like they have the camera on the stand yeah. behind you. You just it might, it might not... be a little bit different online, like a webcam, like I'm streaming or something. It might feel a little bit weird, but well, yeah. like some of the stuff we saw from like the complexity guys. I'll use their example again, like how animated they were and like when things were happening. Like they were exactly like what Strike was saying. They're playing up to the camera. So it, I think for the viewer, that definitely makes things a lot better for the viewer, right? It definitely makes things a lot yep. better from a broadcast perspective. So there's always that element right there. But the next subsection of this we have is about pro league major chances are happening. Now, if I was a betting man, I would say that, you know, that pro league can probably just happen in the same way as it happened before. Um, yeah. I don't, I, but the major one, the major one is happens. where I don't know what happens with the major one. What, what do you reckon, Striker? There's no way. There, okay, I'm not going to say no way. There's always like a chance that, I don't know, a vaccine comes, everything just suddenly fixes itself. Um, Probably not, though, right? That, so that's we're, we're going like, to be realistic. Something like taking aside, like specific, maybe like one player in one team and like two players in another team, and then five teams would be completely unaffected by people that are scared of actually traveling. Mm. Like there is nothing stopping Val from flying sixteen to twenty-four teams into Cologne mm. tomorrow. Not tomorrow, but like. A month from now like there is nothing 
like there are no technical limitations on that no one is blocking people from traveling you just need to go there and be quarantined for two weeks like and literally well, put, put a pc in their room it's not like most cs players are doing anything else so like that literally can happen sure it's just it's just about the money and is it worth it is it worth the hassle so the, the there's things that you have to consider though right like and this is me putting my to hat on again so obviously a con i know that things are fucked and no one saw this coming but when this contract would have been signed between the companies assumably it was signed to be in well, obviously it was signed to be in Rio and Brazil. I don't know like how they change those obligations, if that voids the contract, if Valve look at it and go, well, this year is completely fucked. Do we just cancel everything? Do we not do a major this year? Because what you're saying is bang on, right? Like in the sense of if we wanted to get Justin and his team on a plane right now, we'd fly them to the UK. They'd have to spend two weeks in the UK, but there's no reason that they couldn't set them up in a quarantine situation where they have computers and they could boot camp and play anyway. And then after that, they can transition and they can go straight over to, to Germany and they'll be out of play, right? You, they're probably going to go over for a two-week boot camp anyway. So is it possible? It's definitely possible, but I think there's a lot more uh, legal things or Valve being the company that Valve are, like where, what are they going to do? Now, obviously, they, they changed the thing and they started running more of these RMR events to keep the calendar stimulated to make sure that we were keeping the best teams or at least the, most, uh, the teams who were performing the best at the time uh, in contention for the major. But at the same time, what is their viewpoint, right? Like, what do they think? What are they? What are they possibly? Uh, we never know. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, it's like we just have to to make a bit of a an, an educated guess, right? So, I would assume this is more up to ESL than Valve, though. I feel like think, Valve, like, especially like from, because Valve are more like. Of course, it depends on how how they're working at this point. If they would actually be able to make. Uh, like, you know, stickers and that kind of stuff work the same way as they would have, because I don't know if they're like working from home, which like detracts from their, their from their abilities to to do stuff um, and, and and stuff like that. So I feel like it would be more up to ESL. And if they were up to the hassle, then then Valve, who basically just comes in, does the programming stuff and uh, and puts in the bucks, you know, the two million dollars that are supposed to be up for the next major. And that's about it. Right. Like Valve doesn't have the big, uh, the a big part of the job to do at least not on sites right they they have to do some some stuff from from their offices or whatever but not actually on site where it's more up to the organizers so yeah i mean the thing is like the biggest issue is like the esl contract how does that work like because obviously if you get a major and that that major turns up to be just like a land without any audience it's a big difference but potentially it can be just pushed into next year like the esl could still have a major next year when shit potentially gets uh, solved but that's also a thing like can when will that happen and all of that stuff from from the other side it's like would you rather have a LAN or nothing uh, that's why i was saying <laughs> that, that there's there's bound to be like some some organizer who will just come in and say and okay we're just like, gonna do a LAN, right but, but especially like from Valve's point of view, like not having a major for the whole year and having all of these events building up and not having anything. And like nothing is going to change until like March next year. Nothing is radically going to change. Like it's very unlikely that it will. So I don't know. Uh, look, <laughs> I can you make more, more. No, noises? but here's, here's the thing. It's, 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 it's like, <sighs> 
it it's so unknown. It's so the thing is, they I don't think they they can't postpone. They can't postpone it. They either do it or they don't do it. Right? They they either run the event or they just go. Oh, sorry, we're not doing it this year. We'll wait and see if things get better. And if they say, I I don't think they'll say, oh, we'll wait and see if things get better and completely cancel. I think they have to do something. And I think by the time we get to November, it would make sense to do what you're saying and be able to fly everybody. And at that point, I really think that America's gonna. I don't think they're gonna get their shit together, but I think that they're going to be looking better by the time we get to that part. And people are gonna be. Be more willing to travel i think america is just on a time delay from the rest of the world of realizing how bullshit this thing like when i say bullshit i mean how fucked up it is because europe people can travel people can come to malta now i can fly to germany like i can do there's no problems i just get on a fucking plane and i go i wear a mask i don't do anything stupid that's it that's simple as that um but whether or not like teams want to take that risk like if if i'm a north american team i can say i don't want to do it but i Like I'm going to tell you that if if everybody else says yes, teams are going to say yes. Yeah, that's true. Like unless somebody actually has like health problems that are preventing them, like being a bit scared about you know catching something and you're not actually in one of those um, one of the more affected groups, then you're probably you're probably just going to say fuck it, let's just go to Europe, you know. Mm. Especially if you're in America where things are much rougher than anywhere else, almost. Mm. I'm down to go. You down to go? Down to go. I just think that's that's kind of what what people will just default to, just because. Especially if they're not quarantining in, in, in America already, they're going to be like, well, okay, I cannot quarantine in Europe, where it's could, actually better than here. They could just postpone the major. I don't know if ESL will run, like if they, if they postpone, I don't know if ESL will run the major still, but they would have to run more online game, uh, tournaments, right? For the yeah. rankings, like, like one yeah, or two yeah, more. And then probably just schedule it for like March or something. But haven't they already, haven't they already worked out who's going to have the two majors of next year? Isn't that already done? Like, haven't they? Uh, supposedly, yes. So if they've already picked that, then that that's why they can't delay it. I mean, they already picked the second major of this year, and then that's obviously not happening. So I think that's also something to be considered, but right? It's probably think, just going to be pushed. I don't, but no, I don't think that happens. I don't think they kick the can down the road. If they had already decided who was going to run that major, like next year, the first major, let's say that ESL, like it goes, it's not happening. ESL don't get the first major next year. Whoever had it booked gets the first major next year, right? So... Um, Oh, breaking news! Yep, we got. We I got was to... just gonna bring it up. Okay, well, let's let's this chat here. I think uh... we can go into a playtime segment for like five ten minutes. All right. Well, we're towards the tail end of this anyway. We've we've raffled on a little bit. I won't get into the prac tools this time around. We'll get it happening next time. So, Lucas, bring up the playtime bumper, and we'll jump in here, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll close this one out. We're hitting the two hour mark. All right, we're on. We're back. We're here. We're ready. Uh, this is breaking news. Australis in talks with Mad Lines of Abovsky. So I thought the madness had ended over there uh, with the whole Australis situation, but uh, Jesus fucking Christ, let's strap ourselves in for some more. So if you missed it all, Australis, well, they added some players, right? They uh, they got themselves an Esther tag. They got themselves a Yugi. They had themselves a Snappy as a stand-in. This right here, before... Um, we can get stuck into it immediately smells to me like somebody either glaive or uh or or, or mate zipper he's not one of the two uh, aren't coming back after the break that's what that uh reads reads to me well it doesn't read that's what that means to me justin do you have any idea what the fuck's going on in Australis? honestly i have no idea but i wouldn't say that they're gonna quit surely like zipex or glaive right i mean well, they won so much surely they just keep going 
Yeah, it's they just something weird. that's really good and it's still working, so why not just keep doing it? Unless but if they add Bubsy, there's... they have eight players. Yeah, maybe Australis are picking up another team. Oh, here we go. They're, do <laughs> they're doing an academy <laughs> don't team. Don't think on they the can side. do that. No, you I just say they call them. Ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did say they want ten players. So, well, <laughs> that's not what Device said when we had him on the show. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so this is the breaking news. I don't know what to make of this. You got you got anything, striker? This this what does this say to you? It's like I mean, logically, yeah, something some something's actually changing in Astros, but I don't think I actually don't think that's happening though. I think they just go yeah, I think they just gone mad. Are are they and they're just like lies. they're just they're and they're just like cornering the competition basically and just like I mean that's sure what they it get feels all the like. Boopski Boopski is available. Let's get him before someone else does, and that's it. I was like actually G2, say that. maybe. Oh, yeah, I think that, I think that makes him. the most sense. Yeah, just because he's he is a pretty big commodity, but that also probably means that he's fairly expensive, and I don't think, based on what we saw, Strauss might have signed two new players. But I can tell you, they're probably not going to be paid as much as any of the original five. They probably get them on got them on cheap. They even got Yugi for free, and Essetag actually for free too because his his contract ended with Heroic. They didn't manage to get him uh, earlier, so they just got both players for free. So for them to buy a player this time, that that almost feels to me like either a business decision or they lost one of the original two players that they got in Asatag or, or Yugi to some other team who just wanted to get them and wanted to get like a replacement for one of them, basically. But it's just still, it's still weird to me. I've got a conspiracy theory that someone's just messaged me. Now I okay. won't. I won't name any names here. We'll. Uh, is is Bill Gates involved in flat Earth? There's no Earth, Bill I'm Gates. There's no Bill Gates. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing crazy One along thing. those lines. But what if Astralis are getting five players right to get the magic number of ten to have a replacement squad? Right. This is the, how the conspiracy theory goes. Uh, to take over from the old team. And the old team are leaving. Is that a conspiracy theory that anyone thinks they can get behind? Yes, it's it's yeah, sure. <laughs> I can get. I don't think it's even like I didn't even try not, and sell it. No, no. From Astralis's point of view, yes. But from the players' point of view, no, why would yeah. Boobski do this? Why would Boobski be Astralis B with Yugi? Like, well, I don't know. Maybe he's not being from... told what's happening. I don't, if, you, if Astralis comes knocking and they say, hey, mate, we'll pay you, you can join the team and you'll be one of our rotating members, um, you, you're probably thinking about it, right? Yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd be hard to... I mean, maybe not from his position just because he's, he's not a... Well, I guess he's not a Yugi, you know, who probably didn't have, like, an option other than, you know, try to, like... You know, going the cycle of of uh, going to North or going to Heroic, going back to whatever Mad Lions, or you know, just jumping around in the in the, in the sub top um, Danish scene. So then he's not one of those. So I'm not. Would you would you not say like that he's like like a prime talent right now? Well, that's like, what I'm not, saying. Like he's not a player that should be in Heroic. Maybe in Heroic because yeah. they are kind of kind of good at the moment, but like. He should be in a top fifteen. That's team. that's that's what I'm. That was my point exactly. So, like, let's say Kirby's going there as well. <laughs> let's just say. Then Look, I was going. I was going to say earlier when we were when we were talking about um, North, right? I was going to say earlier, the the move that would have made the most sense for North was to get Bobski and keep Kirby, right? Because mm -hmm. their their biggest problem was always firepower, with like Cajun B Gate MSL, you know. 
Mm. That was the biggest problem. And yeah. so, like, it would have made sense for me to uh, to me for, for them to get uh, for them to keep Kirby and then get Boopski as well. But that obviously but guys, didn't happen. Kirby left. The thing is, like, people watch the show so we could explain them stuff and they could go. <laughs> we and have be no smarter. idea. Yeah, no and we were just like confusing them additionally. This right. isn't really working. Out. Let's do this. The, the thing Let's... is, like, what you were like, what, what you were saying with the conspiracy theory, right? This that's probably what would make the most sense. Just because it's pretty likely or not likely, but it's it's possible for the entire team to just want to switch organizations, right? It's sure. much more likely than the team breaking up, to me. Yeah. It's much like, more likely than either of those players actually leaving, unless there's like some personal issue or, or a health issue that just prevents them from playing, right? Well, they were at the top still. Like it wouldn't make any sense that's just exactly. to fucking throw that's, in the towel. So that's, and just what, walk that's why away, I'm saying so. like for them to keep the entire team but switch organizations, that's actually a bigger possibility than one of the players leaving. All right. Well, let's put a pin in this conspiracy theory and let's get some viewer questions that have come on through for Justin here because I want to I want to get the lad I want to get him activated. And I don't think he's going to get activated talking about why the <laughs> fuck Bubski's joined uh, joining I'll Astralis. I'll take him later. I'll get you the info later. All right. We'll get the cost <laughs> off of the yeah. But prof, you're normally in charge of uh, of seeing yeah, what's been have, going on. I I collected a few some okay. from Instagram, some from Twitter. So, thanks to the guys that sent them in. Uh it's going to be just like Kind of short, short answers, quick fire, but not like super fast. So what Will asked, uh, did you get any big NA offers? What made you stay loyal to your Aussie compadres? Compadres is the word he used. Um, a good word. Over like the last four years, you mean? Probably. Yeah, probably, I guess. Yeah, probably. Um, however long, yeah. Uh, I've had a few NA offers. Um, and some were kind of close to happening and then some stuff fell through and then everything worked out for us in the end so each time it's actually happened um we've come out better actually so, so it wasn't the, the, it wasn't one of the big teams i assume uh depending on how <laughs> what, how mean. i define but, big um, teams <laughs> yeah but um like it people have reached out to me and and asked about it put it that way and i have in the past thought about it depending on like our situation in the team um, sometimes it's obviously pretty bad and other times it's probably pretty good. So it kind of just depends on when they ask me, um, and like how I responded. But, um, recently, no. Uh, Jay asked, highlight of your career? Um, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> what do you mean? Semi-finals of a major, I guess. Would, oh. You, it, mate. The fact that that isn't the first thing out of your mouth, followed by being a top twenty Counter Strike player in the uh, fucking world. But the the major one was good because even though we lost to Vanguard in the semifinals, um, I, I felt like that match was like really intense. I felt like I could just do anything. So, in terms of like the way I think about it, thinking back, I kind of felt like invincible almost in that game. Um, okay. It just kind of sucks that we lost, but. Um, in terms of like achievement, team achievement, definitely the semifinals are major and Katowice. I think Katowice is a little bit more special though because it's a more, at least the arena and stuff, it's more prestigious. You know, it goes on year by year and so a lot of things have been done there. So making the playoffs there was, I'd probably say, probably bigger than the semifinals at a major just because of the uh, prestige of it and how long I've actually been wanting to play on that stage for. Is it just going to love that you said that? <laughs> I, I hope so. Uh, did you. Uh... 
Is is it annoying that you? This is not a question. I'm like this is my question. Is it annoying that you didn't win any any more trophies except that uh, Shanghai one in 2017 with Nifty and Naf? Right, that was yeah. the lineup. Yeah, it is really annoying because I feel like uh, that event wasn't really like that big at all. Um, I think the prize pool was fairly big, but in terms of like the teams there and the atmosphere, it definitely wasn't anywhere near like an ESL event, for example. Um, so yeah, it is kind of frustrating, and of course. Beijing would have been good as well, um, but we're playing Australis in the final, and it was our first ESL event final, I guess you could say. So it was a little bit different, but um, for me at least, the the ones that I want to win are like the big ones, like Cologne and Katowice, and the ones that are like memorable, like yeah. memorable. Sorry, yeah, yeah oh. it is annoying. Yeah, <laughs> DDK Didi Kimchi asks, where should Kassad coach? Oh. Oh, I actually don't know because I think Kassad brings a lot of things to the team. Um, he just needs to get along with the people in the team and they need to get along with his work ethic and attitude as well. So I think it kind of just depends on like which team he goes to. Um, you can't think, really say until they start working together and all of that. Yeah, I, and I don't really know what other coaches are available and which teams need coaches. And A, a yeah. lot of people seem to think like, let's just, a lot of people always talk about Liquid having a coaching change, right? Do you think Kassad would work coaching Liquid or do you think the personalities would clash there? Um, I think maybe the personalities might clash a little bit. I okay. think Alex would probably be good coaching a European team because then he can stay at home as well. Um, I think that was a, one of the factors in him leaving us both times just because he's so far away from home, his family, yeah. friends, same as us and obviously it affects people. So I think he would probably be better coaching a European team or an international team where he can actually be in Europe. I think that would be much better for him. Uh, so there is one from Twitch chat, actually. It says, can you tell us some spicy things about Sponge as a teammate? <laughs> I need the I need the worst, worst story. This is right in front of him, which means you can basically say whatever you want. You just, you're not going behind his back, you know? I don't know. I don't want to remember that. If you remember that far, Jesus. I remember I mean, a few he's, things, he, but I'm he's not, not as old as you. No, go so. for it. I don't give a fuck. Everyone I, I, needs to knows everything about me. It's not really like anything spicy, but the story of when you uh with your ex girlfriend, you broke up with her, and then you drove past her. Oh yeah, her in the car. That one was pretty funny. That's not really spicy. That's just the what? story. Well, look, it was a rainy day. Um, yeah. You can explain <laughs> uh, if you want. <laughs> no, we won't explain that one. I what? thought you were gonna. I thought Come you were gonna on, tell. Just... I thought you were gonna tell the story about the bats. When we were in, in Cologne. In, oh, I didn't in, even remember that. Actually, that was, now I remember. That was that's not spicy. That's funny. So Chad had a nightmare. He thought that there were bats in the place, and he started getting up and screaming, and there's bats and shit, and throwing stuff around the place. I have night terrors, guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I have night terrors. Justin and I didn't room together a lot, so I don't think we'd have maybe too it was many. Maybe just a, a prophecy of like the coronavirus and maybe like, with bat and shit. And... <laughs> what about that fucking yeah. five? It was forty degrees, and we were in this place in Cologne. It was um, it's called Wienerplatz. Not no joke. I know where it is because I lived in Cologne. Um, and where we stayed, <laughs> Justin, <laughs> dude, I remember it all. But where we stayed was a shit area, man. But just for the story's sake, we're, we're sleeping. We had this one toilet between six dudes laying in this place. It was 40 degrees. They don't believe in air conditioning in Germany. And we're sleeping and, and we all had to move into the rooms at the back side of the house because the ones at the front side of the house were right near a bus stop, which was constantly making noise. And I had, yeah, I do get night terrors. I don't get them as bad anymore. But I thought that a bat flew in and was attacking me and I screamed. And I threw the blanket half out the window. 
Um, so that that was that there. But I think as a teammate, I think I was a shit teammate. If I'm going to be honest, so there, there's there must be some. I don't know. I don't. No, I, you weren't a shit teammate. You just a little bit of a, a little wigger towards the end. I was emo. You kind of you kind of like I was emo out a little bit. Yeah, I did. I, it, yeah. It, what it, what, it what word did you use? He like wigs out like a wigger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's. No, you should have seen. The place. You should have seen yeah. how bad it was towards the end. Like, I, oh man, I don't even. Other I, than that, you're perfect. You're a good teammate. There I'm we go. Throw you under the See, bus. I'm, I'm perfect. Nothing bad. What's What's the next question? Very, very motivational. That's what we're oh, doing as a team right now as well. That's positive. I like yeah. that. There's a question. Uh, says this is a pretty uh, personal, emotional question, maybe, but you witnessed with your own eyes. Sponge dunking on Titan, on Titan, on Mirage. So how how did how no, did no, no. you? So, so I can't actually just, remember like... that game because I was playing B on Mirage. So basically, all I was doing was jumping up and down, and <laughs> I, I can't I can't remember where Chad was actually playing on that game. I was oh, did, you, did you see like oh, that's why Sponge then. on the kill feed all the time? I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, who took Sponge's PC? Like, <laughs> is simple sitting there right next to you or something? <laughs> Yeah, Chad played really good at that game. I remember he was really happy, but then unfortunately we lost the next game after. We had to play it straight after, and we had, we had to, to play, play it. Yeah, and that's when the the rules were done. We randomized the map, and um, we started T side. And when we started T side Inferno, everybody just bullied us because didn't know how to fucking get map control. Um, yep, sounds all right. I remember the Titan game before that though, when we played them on Nuke. That one was fun. That one, Kenny destroyed us, right? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. I don't. They weren't as fun as the ones we played at Gfinity, where we beat Fnatic and did we beat Fnatic and we tied with NIP? Tied Fnatic, I think. I think we we beat them on one. We match. beat them on cage, and then like Olaf afterwards goes, uh, "We'd never been shot that hard." That's what he said, and I was like, "That feels nice." That's because we were just aggressive as shit. Um, do you got any more questions there, Prof? Uh, that's that's more more or less it. There was a guy that's asking, "Are you sure it's B?" Just like. Based on the meme, right, with the uh, flashbang yeah. and that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but and that—that's more or less it. Dude, that meme, I saw it. Yeah, I didn't even get tagged in that tweet when it came out. It's got like <laughs> seventy. It got like seventy k retweets. Well, like, sorry, likes. Sorry, seventy k likes, and I didn't even get tagged. You missed out on all of the high right there. Strike. You have any uh, yeah. questions for Justin? Uh, probably not. Okay. Well, I do then. Um, Justin, I have some actual, like, genuine questions. Out of like all these years now since, like. I've stopped playing. How much, in terms of like growth from from your circumstances or the other players you've been around in, or the organization changing, or the ways that you've been approaching practice? Like, can you kind of what's changed the most in all of those things? Like, I know that's such a broad question, and I always ask this so poorly. But when we were playing the game back then, compared to the game now, like what are the what are the big ticket things that stand out in your head as the way that you approach the approach the game and stuff? Um, I think it's just a lot more professional nowadays. Because okay. back back then, I remember like it was, you know, you just rock up to land tournaments. It's fun going to land tournaments with friends and shit, and you just want to win and do your best. And you come from Australia, and it's. You know, it doesn't really matter what happens in the end, but um, nowadays it's like uh, there's a lot more pressure and I feel like uh, you have some expectations that you have to live up to and at least that's outside of the game. Uh, in terms of the in-game, I think um, it's everything's like a lot more regimented. Um, nothing's really like free-flowing uh, free anymore. Like every team knows every team and 
every player pretty much knows what every other player likes to do. So, yeah, I think it's a lot more serious in that regard. Serious, serious question here because a lot of people are probably out for back. So back when Justin came to our team and stuff, the way that we approached it because the, the old boys was much quicker in our approach to Counter Strike. Like it wasn't the same way. Do you feel like the way that you approach Counter Strike back then, you're ahead of your time? Like I don't even mean that in a joking way because I look at the way Counter Strike's played now, and that's how you used to play. Like everything was so methodical, every angle, every. Whereas Counter Strike, I feel like back when we were playing was super broad strokes. Like you could get away with being a lot sloppier and faster and shit, but you were always like really meticulous about your approach to the game. And I would like you and I would would we wouldn't get into it, but I'd be like, just I need you to push, and you'd just be like, shut the fuck up, Chad. I'm clearing fucking palace, bro. <laughs> I remember, this, I mean, it was one time in practice on Cobble actually, and we we lost the round or something like that, and I was I was last alive or some shit like that. And then the next round, right after, Chad tells me to run down mid and die in CTCon. Yeah. Literally run all the way to A and just die, and I did it. Yeah, well, and so you listened. <laughs> <laughs> and it made Chad happy. Oh, uh, shit. No, um, it's, yeah, yeah. But, no, in, <laughs> I, I don't know. In terms of, like, the way I play, I used to be pretty passive. I think now it's kind of the opposite, actually. Like, I am still passive. I still, I still know how to play passive, and I still know how to play very methodical. But nowadays, I feel like I'm taking more risks and more chances than before and i think that's actually made me a better player um and it's something that people on the team wanted me to do for quite a while but i just never really fully understood it um and it, maybe it's because of some of my positions like i'm normally i'm playing like the solo bomb sites and shit like that so the way that i think about the game is like i need to hold this spot and i need to get as many kills as i can i need to use my nades at this time and reactions and stuff like that and when you think like that constantly it's kind of hard to get out of that but i think nowadays i'm doing a little bit better so yeah, I think maybe you're right. I think just in terms of like me playing passive, it's kind of the opposite of what everyone else used to play, at least back at home. Okay. Well, I think if we don't have any more questions for him, we might be we might be done. Justin, do you have anything you want to say? You have anything you want to ask on anything? You don't have to do anything if you don't want. I think I'm pretty good. Okay. Thanks. Cool. Thanks for inviting yeah. me. No worries. Yeah. Uh, Prof and Striker, we we happy to put a pin in it. We're good. Yeah. All right. I'm cool. Fine. We well, just this need is... to figure out figure out the next show, which we don't know what's, when it's going to be. Maybe early next week. Then I have a vacation. Then it's either that or like eighteenth for me, seventeenth, something like that. When I get back. Well, let's we'll, let's try and do one early next week if we can, just before Dreamhack kicks off. Maybe there'll be some more news by then, some more roster changes, some more fucking madness happening. Um, and and then we will. I think what we'll do as well is we'll try and do another one of these game changes uh, episodes. So what we'll we'll do is we will dive into those tools I was talking about. I've got uh, Shadow GG on hand, Skybox, and the Refrag stuff. And I wouldn't mind showing people like different ways that we can practice. Maybe we'll get a coach on. Maybe we'll get a player on who you know talk about those things. But we'll sort that out. So thank you very much for tuning in for uh, episode one of season five. Uh, we might be back with some new stuff. I have a really cool game show idea that's quite difficult to do, but but one that hopefully we get going in the future. Uh, you can head over. Is to that Ang is that the one where I get fucked? Yeah. I think so. Okay. I think that Always. was. I think that's Always. how we decided it. It was I mean, you versus. Yeah. Was it striker versus right, the guest? Yes. Anyway, we, we won't. We won't. And, the, and the chat is also involved. The chat's involved too, and hopefully you can win shit. But uh, you can head over to anchor.fm/hltv uh, to find the audio. We've got it on everything. Fucking daily people use iTunes. Anyway, it's on Spotify and all of that stuff. Spotify arrived in Croatia, literally 
that's the best thing to happen in 2020 okay well you gotta make your own list uh i don't think that fits on on the counter-strike list unfortunately prof but i'm happy for you now you can listen to the music like the rest of the world Uh, um you can follow us on (laughs) twitter hltv confirmed we're over there and also yeah we should be back for an episode early next week so thank you to justin jks the motherfucking savage for tuning in better than davio he's gonna go down as uh, the greatest australian counter-strike player to ever play the game Um, probably for a very, very long time. So uh, let's get the fuck out of here and we'll see you guys next time. Stop being babies, wear your masks and smile and be nice to your mom and do all that shit. Goodbye.